Yeah, I remember that play. Everyone talks about a concussion. You got concussed in that play? Remember when they got hit by Cam Chancellor? That explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> we brought in, per request, the four-time Super Bowl champ, five-time Pro Bowler. He needs no introduction. Well, then why did you say five-time Pro Bowler and four-time Super Bowl champ? Because <laughs> I don't know why. We got Roberto Gronkowski yeah, on I'm here. talking about, baby. We're going to go back and look at another unbelievable game. One of our favorite games, Super Bowl 49 versus the Seattle Seahawks. Our first... Super Bowl victory. We had a roster, dude. This was a special group. It was our first. Everyone thought the Patriots dynasty was over. They thought Tom Brady was done. The Legion of Boom. This was a generational great defense. Yes, they were dogs. And Curse made that weird bat catch. I'm not going to lie. At this point, I'm sitting here like, this sucks, man. How much time we're going to get the ball? Are we going to go back out in the field? What type of plays are we going to run? That was so crazy. Are they going to score right away? Malcolm Butler. Man, this is bringing back some freaking great memories, bro. Some great memories. Games with Names is a production of iHeartRadio. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for some breaking news. That is right. We are going to have our Games with Names live show in Boston at the Wilbur Specifics that we need to know. What are the need to knows? August 30th. August 30th. The Wilbur Theater. Wilbur Theater. Presale starts Wednesday, February 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern at thewilbur.com. 10 a.m. Eastern code. Standard Time, guys. Eastern Standard Time. We just had a debate about it. Keep going. Promo code GWN. What's that promo code for? Presale tickets. Where would you get that? At thewilbur.com. For. A live show? A live show. Are you going to be there? I'm going to be there. Is Jack going to be there? Jack's going to be there. I believe we're going to have some unbelievable guests. It's our own stomping ground. Might know a few folks in that area. Might know a couple. Uh, I believe we're going to do a Q&A. Might. With the audience, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Make it a fun evening. And then we're just going to do a live tape and show the folks yeah. how we do our shows. It's going to be it's They're going to probably fun. be extremely disappointed. Like, this is what you guys fucking do all day? No, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna zhuzh it up. We're going to make it a night. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. There's even some whispers of a t-shirt gun. T-shirt gun? Cannon gun. We'll see. Uh, August 30th the bo in Boston, the Wilbur Theater. Pre-sale tickets tomorrow, Wednesday, February 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern at thewilbur.com. Promo code GWN. Get there before uh, tickets run out. Get out. Show out. Or be out. I just made that up. All right. Back to our... Back to Gronk. Back to our Gronk episode. Welcome to Games with Names presented by WinBet. On today's episode, we are talking Super Bowl 49 Patriots versus the Seahawks with our best friend, our wingman, Rob Gronkowski. We talked some shit about the Seahawks. We talked some great things about the Seahawks because they were a legendary goddamn team that was fucking hard to beat. Malcolm Butler's iconic interception... And we wrap it up with me and Gronk answering some voicemails. Fun episode. Can't wait for you guys to listen. And make sure to check out Games With Names on YouTube, Instagram, X, Snapchat, and TikTok. At Games With Names. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Comment a game you want us to do. And remember, rate and review. 
Call in at 242-291-2290 and leave a message of some great game wrecks. I want to hear some crazy old war stories of you watching a game of importance or just some crazy shit, whatever. We want to hear from you. It's been awesome to hear these calls. You guys are crazy animals. <laughs> Games with Names is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet brings the excitement of Win Las Vegas and Encore Boston Harbor to your phone. Join WinBet today and bet with the official online gaming products from Win Resorts. Let's go. February 1, 2015. University of Phoenix Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. The Seahawks are down 28 to 24 to the New England Patriots. With 26 seconds left and the ball on the one yard line. Russell Wilson drops back? This, this is, is Super Bowl, Bowl 49. 49. <laughs> wow. Uh, it sounds like we should be on the mic. Welcome to Games with Names presented by WinBet. And today, fellas and ladies, per request, we brought in the four-time Super Bowl champ, the five-time Pro Bowler. He needs no introduction. Well, then why did you say five-time Pro Bowler and four-time Super Bowl champ? Because I needed to build up some. I don't know why. We got Roberto well, yeah, Gronkowski on I'm here. Talking about, baby. We got Roberto <laughs> Yo Soy Fiesta Gronkowski here in the studio. And we are going to go back since last last game we did was there's a little weirdness between everything. We're going to go back and look at another one. Another unbelievable game. One of our favorite games. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like the game that uh, you know you you may have lost your virginity to. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going back to Super Bowl Forty Nine: Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks, defending Super Bowl champs in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Our first Super Bowl victory. I would say it was like we lost our virginity with this game and liked it because we lost our virginity when we went to the super bowl in 2012 yeah versus the colts but i mean not versus the colts it was in indianapolis but versus the giants but we lost so like it was kind of like we didn't really like losing our virginity like we were born again we were born yeah. again we were and, born and again now we lost our virginity again and we really we really liked it, it. and yeah. then we just became dogs and we just wanted more after we wanted a lot more that was a that's that's a great way to think about it because we did go to the Super Bowl in eleven when yeah. Gronk had an artificial ankle attached to his body, <laughs> couldn't walk, and we still should have won that game. But um, we're here to talk about Super Forty Nine. This this was a crazy game. Why this game, Gronk? Why should we go over this game? To you, what is your why? Because it was one of the greatest Super Bowls in history. That's why. It was our first time we won a Super Bowl as well together. It was my first Super Bowl I've won. It was your first Super Bowl that you won. And it was one of the best games I've ever been a part of. It wasn't just a great Super Bowl game. It was a great football game as well. Everyone contributed. It was a team win overall. Everyone did their part to win the game from defense to offense to special teams. And just the atmosphere as well. And what was special about it is that it was in the state of Arizona. And I went to the University of Arizona. So it was kind of like a home game for me as well, being in Phoenix uh, where the Cardinals play. And uh, 
I, I went to school right down the road, like an hour and a half in Tucson. So overall, Super Bowl 49 was fantastic. We entered the winning of a Super Bowl uh, club. club. Yeah, that club. Uh, the last thing we did, we, we tossed the club, the game we did, we was throwing people out of the club. Now we're entering the club, and it's the Super Bowl club. And uh, just overall, man, we played the Seattle Seahawks as well. They were uh, they were the champions the year before, so we stopped them from being back-to-back champions, uh, which I'm glad we, we did that. And just overall, man, it was awesome, man. It was it a was fun awesome. Super Bowl. It really was. And it was a fun year as well, man. Yeah. It was like when we were in the prime of our playing days. It like was. Prime off the field, prime on the field, like just everything overall. We needed this win, and we got it. We knew we needed it for our sake of living. For our sake of being awesome, we knew we needed to win a Super Bowl, and that's why we won it. I was just sick and tired of hearing about the goddamn old Patriots. That's why I said I mean, there's yes. only so many times we could watch Troy Brown stripping the guy in San Diego and Teddy Bruschi housing a, an interception doing the snow. Like, we had to watch that all the time. Is this the year you had that 69-yard catch for San Diego? Or was that the year after? <laughs> it was this. It it was, was I think this it was year. 75. It was 75 yards? I think it was 75. And I see. swear it was a 69-yard touchdown for San Diego. Let me, to let me do some digging. On I this. don't think it yeah. was 69, but I do remember but, in the huddle you talking about. Was it this year, right? I think it was this year. It was in, it San, was it was in San Diego when it we was stayed in out San there. Diego. Yeah, when we stayed out there. It was one of the best years, man. And it was also the year where everyone thought the Patriots dynasty was over. They thought Tom Brady was done playing. We absolutely got blown out versus the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Teeth in, kicked in. In Kansas City. Um, what else? What? We lost, like, what? Like, 33 to, like, 10 or something. 41-14. 41-14. But you never gave up. Yeah, we didn't give never up. gave up, according to Coach Belichick in the Do Your Job documentary. We lost. Who who else did we lose to already? Because we were two and two at the time. We lost to someone else. Dolphins uh, to start the year. Yeah, oh, the Dolphins in to start Miami. the year. Yeah, in Miami. Need some fucking calories, Ted. It's hot. So it, hot that game. I was actually coming back uh, off of a what was it? off of a knee injury as well, a blown out ACL, MCL. Was it my forearm as well? I was coming off of a forearm injury. What else? A back injury. And I was comeback player of the year this year as well. And I absolutely sucked to the first four games as well. No, you didn't suck. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't suck. I was just, you know, getting introduced to the game of football again. I was only playing like 20, 25 plays. You know, because, you have major surgery. You had to, yeah. we can't just throw you in the fire and have you run 85 plays week one off of an ACL arm infection. Fucking, he was <laughs> concussed on the same play. I mean, Jesus Christ, Gronk, settle down. I okay? know, I know. You gotta, you gotta let the, you gotta let the old Clydesdale get going. You know us, though. We want to be full speed oh, right out of the gate. The first time we hit the field, we want to be running 100. We want to be be running full speed every time. I, I remember when I came back from my ACL, it, it, you're cleared to go, and you can hit your top speed when you're trying like that one that one time, but like it's the endurance. You don't have the legs yet because you're not used to hitting. You you do all the drills, you do all the cone work, you do all the the strengthening to your all your muscles, but it's so much different when you compete against another guy. Because the intensity intensifies 
by like 15 to 20 percent just because you know adrenaline competition another man against you so like your body hasn't felt that stress for a long period of time and it needs the load in order to feel it again and then it turns on after like three four or five weeks then you know you, you get better and better as it goes yeah you said that right you really can't replicate a game rep or or like a rep going versus someone else one-on-one -on -one or blocking someone blocking the defensive end you can't replicate that until you actually go out there and do it in a game so that's what makes it so tough coming back from an injury as yeah. well man especially just sitting out for so long just watching you know, and then you just want to go full speed, but you're just not used to it. So, yeah. you know, psychologically, and then it's confidence mm -hmm. also in it. You, you got to gain, you gain confidence through each experience that you do in the practice field and the, in the rehab circuit or all that. And, and you, you get all that confidence, but you haven't got that confidence against another human yet. So you, you, you hit that rep for the first time and you're, you may have been a little hesitant to it, but then you're like, Oh, d I'm, I'm all right. And then after that, you keep doing that and compounding that. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm me again. We're good. Let's go. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's when you want to know when that all clicked in? When we moved on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. <laughs> that was on the season two. To Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. Let's, let, well, let's get into some other stuff real quick before we jump into the game. One sec, Jules, before. Yeah. Qualcomm Stadium, week 14. Patriots, Chargers, 23-14. 69-yard catch. It was 69. I told you it was 69 yards. I told you. You know I won't forget that. Math magician. You know math I magician. won't forget that. I'm a math magician, especially with that number. Yeah. <laughs> Rob. But I, I didn't think it was that perfect because didn't we talk about it in the we huddle before? We talked about it in the huddle. I said, Jules, 69 yards. We got to go. And then somehow that play, you went for a 69-yard touchdown. Eight catches, 141 yards, one tutty of 69 yards. Gronk, eight catches, 87 yards, number 87. Mm -hmm. And one touchdown. And a tutty. Simulation. Yeah, baby. Robbie always getting Rob, tight. have you ever had a 69-yard touchdown? No, I never oh. have, man. But Julian did it for me. I'm living through you, brother. That's called wingman. Living man. through you. Yeah, that's, that's called wingman. Right that's my bounty wingman. Bounty. Jules. <laughs> Jules, my bounty wingman. You can't have 69-yard touchdowns without your wingman, and you can't have a wingman without bounty. <laughs> I had to clean up his mess after he scored that touchdown for 69 yards. Thank you to Bounty. It was a quicker picker-upper. <laughs> so wrapping up another great year. How was our year at Fox this year, you think? I mean, our year at Fox was great, man. It was kind of like my first time I was really full-time. I know I wasn't necessarily full-time. I, I went on about on air about 12 times this year. You were there full-time. I just have to make that travel cross-country, so it's tough to do it every yeah. single week. But I felt way more comfortable this year, and it was great to have you, a familiar face that I've been playing football with for you know my whole career, basically. And then to see you there, man, we hit it off week one, and uh, – it was just a fun year, man, and uh, just talking football, analyzing football. It's just what we do. We're breaking down games, breaking down the games at halftime, post-game, before the game, breaking down the season, what's going on. It's just a lot of fun, and what's cool is we got such great people around us as yeah. well. Michael Strahan, Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long. Uh, you're with Peter Schrager, Mike Vick, Charles Jimmy Woodson. Johnson, Terry Bradshaw. Yes, you name them all, man. Just everyone Chris at, Thompson. Everyone, man. Just everyone at Fox, man. There's Kurt. They're such great people. Yeah, I can't forget Jay. Kurt, Kurt Manafee, 
Jay Glazer. You can't forget anyone because everyone is there for it each other. It feels like a home. It feels like a family. Yes, it's a family. It does. Man. It does have that uh, that football locker room vibe, you know. And it's really cool to get to like. I mean, those guys are. They've been doing this for a long time, and you know they're they're certainly at the top of the list when you talk about this profession. All of them, and and to be able to get in and and you know I watch the games with you guys during like the one o'clocks and see how they prepare and see how they you know interact. It's been such a learning experience, and I've learned so much from you know you and the other guys because you know you've been on TV for what. Four years, three years now? This is my third year. Uh, the first year when I first retired right after New England, I came on. I did about four shows. Yeah. And then my second year, which was last year, I did about seven shows, including yeah. the playoffs. And then this year, 12 shows. And then I'm going to do the playoffs as well, man. So it's just, it's just all about the experience as well. It's about getting the reps. That's what you love about the game of football and playing a sport your whole life is you can take what you learned. You can take how you can get to that level and then bring it to the next field of your life. And, uh, you know, in order to be good at football, you got to do the reps. You got to compound the reps. Like you said, you got to work hard. You got to study, you got to hit the weight room. And it's kind of like the same, same thing, transitioning to being an analyst. You got to study what's going on. You got to know the games. You got to know the players. You got to know what you're talking about. You got to rep it on TV as well. You got to be able to produce what you're saying on live TV. And it's always fourth and goal every time you're talking because it's live. The red lights on. Yes. When that red lights on, it's, it's, uh, no F-bombs, no S-bombs, and you better have your points all in set. Unless if you're Terry Bradshaw, you can say whatever you want. Hey, whatever <laughs> you want. What, what, so we we, we, we kind of rekindled the team this year, you know, our little locker room environment. What do you think it's going to be like next year when old TB12 rolls up into the Fox Studios or wherever he is, whatever job he's doing? What do you think it's going to be like with Tom? I mean, if he doesn't get cold feet... I mean, cold feet. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, I can see that happening. He got cold feet already. He, uh, he, you know, took off this year. You know, we jumped right into it, Jules. But we're just analysts and we're just breaking down a game. He's yeah, commentating. He's commentating. He's That's a whole different level. I would have took off two years if I was him. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, but. I can't wait for Tom to get here, man. It's, it's getting, gonna be fun. getting the crew back together, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and he's gonna do an absolute good job. And obviously, we learned so much football from him. Oh my god, he knows. That, that's what people don't realize. Yeah. Like everyone sees, like Romo can call out plays and stuff. Like Tom was doing that when he was playing. He was doing that when he was. And playing. so it'll be fun to see him articulate the game in a way that he sees it because he's the greatest to see it on the field. Yes, that's the truth. I would say I'll contribute to about. Six of my touchdowns where he changed the play on the spot because he knew what the defense was going to do. And right on the spot, within five seconds, he changed that play. Let me know. Let the line know. Let you guys know. Sometimes didn't even let you guys know. Just let you run your route because it was just him and I yeah. doing our thing. And it, I would say he contributed to about six of my touchdowns in my career of just kaboom, just right on the spot, just knowing the knowledge of the game. Well, I would say he contributed to like nine of my touchdowns. Yeah. If it was oh, so. six years, oh, so, and it was nine of mine, we might as well just get the damn roll of bounty paper towels right now. <laughs> yeah, clean up this mess messy once again. And messy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun to have him. Let's uh, <laughs> let's segue over <laughs> to old February 1, 2015. Let's go back in time of the date of the Super Bowl Sunday. 
and go over some American pop culture. The number one movie at the time was American Sniper with Bradley Cooper. I saw it. I saw it too. I didn't like those those kind of movies depress me a little. I like them, man. I like all war movies. I like action movies. I thought it was a great movie. I I, I felt bad for my guy. Cause he, Bradley Cooper? Yeah, he got killed at the end. Yeah, yeah, he did. Spoilers. That's a real that's Spoilers. a real story. Yeah, that's story. true, man. That is true. Wait, wait, wait. I don't, I've never seen it. You never seen it? I no, never saw it either. It's a great spoiler it's a great alert, movie, man. I mean, this is 2015. If I'm spoiling something from 2015, we got to move on. Kyler still hasn't seen the end of Breaking Bad. I wish Bad. it wasn't a true story. I, I just love the action. Yeah. Love action movies. He was a stud. Just the skill level that he had in the movie was just ridiculous. To be able to snipe that far away is just, it's kind of like Tom Brady throwing a 69 yard pass right on the money, like 25 times in a row and never missing. Or 69 times in with, a row. With the, yeah, 69 times in a row. With the wind factor playing playing in, in part of it as well. Yeah, and the wind factor could be 69 degrees. With a 69 mile per hour wind. That's a lot of wind. That's a, that's a, that, that's a tropical storm. <laughs> wow, yes. And with, a, with a tsunami coming as well. A wet, wet, wet tsunami <laughs> coming. A big tidal wave. A Johnny Tsunami? Yeah, Johnny Tsunami. Great movie growing up. Love. Disney Channel, right? Disney Channel? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Richter, dude. Um, number one song was Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Uptown, Uptown, Uptown. Yeah. I think Bruno Mars to this day is one of the best performers, if not the best performer out there right now, man. He can dance. He can sing. He can get the crowd going, and that's what I love. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've never seen him live. Have you seen him live? I seen him live twice, actually. And and a little story is I was there right before he made it big time. And it was like right before I made it big time as well. I was a rookie. I was drafted. I went to Atlantic City. I was 21 years old and he was performing as well. He, I think they got him for like $5,000 at the time. Too. Yeah. He had that one big hit song and I just watched him perform and I was like, man, this guy is going to be big time. It was legit. Just watching him was legit. And then what little did I know, like within the next two years, man, he's one of the biggest performers. And uh, I got to tip was, my hat to him. Man. He was an icon. icon. He, he could dance. He could sing. He had cool little swag with mm -hmm. his little hat. Five, five putting on for the short Kings. We like it. Hey, when you're a guy that you don't even talk about as high, who's five, five, that means you're transcending things. Mm -hmm. That means you're bigger than what you think. Mm-hmm. Around this time, Netflix and chill became a thing. Did you use that one on a text? Uh, not, not at that time. I do Netflix and chill now, but when we were uh, in 2015, we weren't doing Netflix and chilling. <laughs> yeah, we were out at practice going ham, going ham after practice, playing ping pong, playing cornhole. Yeah, I don't think we ever chilled in 2015. But then chills. you know what Netflix and chill means. Yeah, you put on Netflix and you just lay back and you chill. But it's kind of a term for like you want to come over and have sex. Oh well, then I guess I guess you were using that. I guess you were using that term, Jules. <laughs> nah, I was more of a blockbuster guy. <laughs> I was more of a peacock guy. <laughs> Post Malone drops White Iverson on SoundCloud February fourth. That was a fire. This was one of my favorite songs of Bro. his. It's like a where were you moment for me, at least. Man, I don't know. I don't remember it like that, but I just remember it was on like one of my, it was a pregame, like just getting the zone, like, -da 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 -da. Yeah. incredible. 50 Shades of Grey hits the theaters. Never, I, I think I saw a little of it. Did you ever see it? I've seen 50 Shades of Grey. 
uh, really kinky. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be really into it. Who'd you see it with? I'm not really sure. Would you, would you sit back in Netflix and chill by yourself and yeah. watch Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> I'm not really sure who I saw it with. I'm not lying. I, I, I literally think I went like just like a friend, a buddy. A buddy to yeah, Fifty buddy. Shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah. And no, no, we did not need Bounty after. All right? <laughs> you know where my mind was yeah. going. We did not need Bounty. There was no mess. Actually, there was a mess. We were eating chicken wings and going absolutely ham in the theater, just watching. <laughs> oh, and lastly, John Stewart announces he's leaving the Daily Show at the end of the year. Hasn't been the same since he left. Heck no. Never, hasn't been the same. Never even seen the Daily Show ever in my life. So it, it, it truly hasn't been the same since he's left. <laughs> <laughs> Games with Names is doing a live show. That's right, we're coming home. Join us in person August 30th at the Wilbur in Boston. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's going to be a hell of a story. And hey, you never know who might show up. Presale tickets are available Wednesday, February 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at thewilbur.com. Use the promo code GWN. Get them before they're gone. Let's go. Games with Names is sponsored by BetterHelp. Balancing pressures of life on and off the field can be a challenge. Man, feels good to get that off my chest. I know firsthand when I keep stress bottled up, it only makes everything worse. And it's not just your physical health that requires hard work. It's your mental health too. That's where therapy comes in handy. It's a safe space to open up. Therapy is great for so many reasons. It can teach you coping skills, empower you to be the best version of yourself, and allow you to get things off your chest with a trained professional. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. It's all online, super flexible, and you can book sessions around your schedule. Fill out a quick questionnaire, and you can get matched up with a licensed therapist in no time. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com GWN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com GWN betterhelp.com slash GWN. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go back in to the sports world of 2014-2015. NFL champions, Patriots, the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. He is MVP of the league. That guy can just whip that ball like I've never seen before. His release is the quickest release in the NFL. They had a great team, but unfortunately, they weren't the NFL champions. No, they beat us that year too, remember? Right before the Kansas, right before the Chargers game. Yep. All right. We went straight You're from right. there to Green Bay to... You're- you're right. The and, Chargers and stayed in a week there. And here's a little story about the game. Five seconds left. I'm spread out wide to the left. I think it was trailer left or trailer right or whatever, where I put three by one. I was by myself. It was versus their first round pick, their safety. Uh, ha ha Clinton Dix, was it? Yeah, right? ha ha Clinton Dix. He just got drafted. Yeah. It was their first round. Ha ha. I already had a couple plays that game where I caught the ball and I li- literally ran over like five guys. It took like their whole team to tackle me. And then um, I was pretty on fire, and Tom put the ball up in the air. Four, three, two, one. And I went for the ball. We were down by like four. Put my hands out right off my fingertips, and I dropped it, and we lost the game, Jules. I don't even remember that because yeah, this never happened. I No, I don't. Yeah, I knew how to make up for it. That's why we went on the road to San Diego, and we dominated, and we both scored a touchdown. 69-yarder. And you had that 69-yarder. That's why everyone forgot about my drop. I don't even remember that. Yeah. I just remember we I remember we gave up a touchdown before halftime. I was so pissed about. What's it like playing at Lambeau? I think Lambeau Field is one of the best fields to ever play at, man. It's like a college atmosphere. The whole entire stadium, all the fans, they it feels like they're on top of you, man. It's a football tradition as well. And if you're in the NFL, you got to at least play one game there in your career. It was. The grass is long slow grass just it feels old school they still have the bleachers you roll up into the town and you stay at like this little hotel that you, know, you used to stay in at marriott's or whatever this like big little hotels in, in the city and you're at like a mom and pop's like bed and breakfast and you know it was there's like nothing around you know, it was it was a pretty cool environment. It definitely felt like you were in a you know college town. And the weather, it's always football weather as well. It was cold. Yeah, it always was football weather there. It was chilly. Always. The college football champions were the Ohio State University. And Marcus Mariota was the Heisman Trophy winner. Wow. Shout out to the Pac-12. Pac-12. You, you sad about the Pac-12? I am sad about the Pac-12. I wasn't a Pac-12 guy or Pac-10 guy. I dreamed about being in the Pac-10. I'm a Mac guy. Mac is pretty cool, though, man. I like the Mac. I but grew up in Buffalo, and, you know, UB's in the Mac. So I, I know. I was always a Mac guy. Clue, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was a Mac guy. I was a Pac-10 guy. I was on the West yeah. Coast. We, we kind of did a flip-flop. Yeah. <laughs> we did a we flip-flop. Did. And that's why we're wingman now. Winging and <laughs> <Yeah>. dinging. <laughs> Winging and We've been wingman since, like, 
our high school days and didn't even know it. No. That's just, that's winging at first sight. Uh, the dunking the ball through the goalpost became a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. We'll blame that on Jimmy Graham. He Jimmy was dunking af after every touchdown, <laughs> almost breaking the goalpost, bringing it He down. really did. Yeah. A couple of times he, he brought that joker down. He's bringing yeah. the house. I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I don't even know why they actually implemented that rule. It didn't really make sense. I thought it was a legit celebration. You're showing off your athletic skills, dunking the football over the goalpost, but... I would blame it on Jimmy Graham for just scoring so many touchdowns and dunking it every single time. You ever dunk in the goalpost? Never have before. In practice, I think I've seen you. In practice, I did it once or twice. Yeah. But in a game, I'd never done it before. Yeah, I did. I always tried to do it. I always did it a little here in practice. I should have got on my knees and then you jump off my back and dunked it. I can get up there. Give me a. Uh, you can't get up I there. I get up there easy. Uh, I'm, I'm reading here, speaking of Jimmy Graham, they were saying. In a 2013 game, he dunked it so hard, it delayed the game for like 20 minutes. That's probably why Sick. they implemented the rule. Gotta be. Yeah. Knocked mean, the goalpost off balance. You the next offseason, it was banned. There Can't stay on schedule if you don't start on time. <laughs> and when you have a 20-minute break, those commercials. And shout-out to Jimmy Graham coming back to Still football playing. age 36, scoring some touchdowns this year, man. Pretty impressive. It is. Pretty impressive. What would happen if Shaq... Scored a touchdown in the NFL and dunked it on a goalpost. There'd be no more field goals that game. <laughs> They'd have that's when Double J's and the field crew are coming out, putting a new damn field goal post up. And you know Shaq's not windmilling that thing. He's going with two oh, hands. Two hand slam. Oh Shaq Daddy bringing it down. I would love to see that. Paul Pierce signed with the Washington Wizards was a little weird. Weird. That was weird for us. That is weird. It's really weird. You ever hang out with Paul? I never have. I know you have. <laughs> yeah. What's like? What's like? I think like? the whole town like? knows I did. It sounds like a good time it's, from what I've read. <laughs> Can't even do a goddamn Starsky hood slide anymore. Can't even do a Starsky and Hutch hood slide these days. Barry a banner. You want to know something? I want to go on FaceTime live with Paul Pierce. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> or what was it? Instagram Live, whatever. It, it was. looked like a good time. That looked like a good time as well. Anything with Paul Pierce seems like a good time. I never met the guy before. Paul, what is, the f? Why I just, have I ever not met Paul Pierce? It was crazy. I saw him, I saw him like two weeks ago at the airport on his birthday. He was going on a little vacation for his birthday. I was going to Boston, and I I, I was like. That looks like Paul Pierce, both sitting in like the waiting area. It's like, nah, that dude looks too young. Cause he, he looked good. He looked, he was all dimed out and stuff. I'm like, nah, that ain't Paul. That dude looks way too young. So I text Paul Pierce. I'm like, yo, Paul, you at the airport? And then I didn't get a response because I have a new number. I go, it's Edel Edelman. And I still didn't get a response. And then his one of his homies looks over and I look over at him. We lock eyes, and he goes, I go, is that Paul? And he goes, yeah, it's Pierce. Come on, Drew. <laughs> so I walk over. I'm like, yo, bro, I didn't even know that. We just kind of dapped up. We talked about the whole, the whole thing, but I saw him recently. It was crazy. I love him. I love him. Never met him, but I love him. He's a dog. Let's go to our socials in 2015 at this time. R.I.P. Stuart Scott. My prayers go out. To his friends and family. He was a huge part 
of delivering sports. Cooler than the other side of the pill. That was a sad loss. I forgot I loved this Stuart was that Scott. year, man. Yeah, man, that was super sad, man. I loved watching Sports Center with Stuart Scott. He was an absolute man, just as a kid. Yeah. Going making then going just watching him all the way through my levels of progress through through my athletic career as well. Stuart Scott, man, you're well missed, man. We love you. Loved him, man. He he made watching highlights so fun. His analogies, his metaphors, his sayings. I mean, he's a pioneer. He's and, a pioneer. And just the way that he fought too, man, as yeah. well. And no one even knew what he was going through, and he was just still dominating the TV still. ranks as well. Just dominating. Selfless guy. Yes. Selfless guy. Thank you. Thank you, Stuart, for everything you've done. What's the most amount of the same episode of Sports Center you've watched in a row? <laughs> like on a sick day home from yeah. school? I don't know. Probably like four or five yeah. times. I think three or four. Yeah. 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 Back in those days, it was easy to go over and over again. Yeah. He made Sports Center what it is today. For real. Hasn't been the same since. Uh-uh. ESPN should be paying his family to this day still. Seriously. Should. Yeah. should Zidgies, baby. Robert Gronkowski. Heard Gronk party bus is rolling to Arizona. Yeah, today. shout out to Bobby Goose. He drove that Gronk party bus from Boston, Massachusetts, <laughs> all the way to Phoenix, Arizona. Man, wow. wow! I remember when you had that thing. Legendary. We used to go out oh. on that. Yeah, we did. Used to go out on that thing. The guy we built, we bought it. It was a church bus. Actually, we got it out of New York City for like fourteen grand. And then Bobby Goons, he's AKA Mister All Purpose, stripped the whole inside of the bus. <coughs> oh, sorry. Sorry about that. I was just choking up because I missed the Gronk party bus so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tearing right now. <laughs> that was a fun bus. Yeah, it was a fun bus. I mean, great memories for sure. And uh, he teared it, he teared out the whole inside, redid the whole thing, put the benches in it, the radio, the sound speakers, everything. And it was just bumping, man. It was uh, it was a good time, man. That thing got its use for sure. How come there was that? Um, there was that. Was there a support pole? Yeah, there was a support pole in the middle as in well. The middle. Yeah, okay. yeah, support pole. It was so when you stood it's and load then bearing, like, load bearing, yeah. Yeah. Would, load like, bearing. Hit the bearing. To, just to make sure you didn't fall forward or anything. Yeah, it's kind of like the train. Was, yeah, like, like train. A train, like train. You got to polish it, it so like, you can see it, right? Yes. Yeah. It was like a guardrail, just so you could stay safe. See, you always got to stay safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is this cue? I don't know. That was on your Twitter timeline when I was going deep. Typo. Uh, got a little zenya on maybe you had a question for someone and you just forgot the question now this was the zenya days man you're zenya oh i had a zenya suit as well Uh dang look at you you look younger now i swear man i just don't have facial hair you look like 30 like eight years old in that picture with that beard Look at, look at that. Like a pro- professional. You look really professional. You look like a fucking well. assassin. Yeah, look you like do. A- look like you should be on, you know, in movies. I look like I should yeah. be hanging next to John Wick, ready to just take out some fucking Looks bad like guys. you should have played the part in American Sniper instead of Bradley Cooper. No. Bradley Cooper. No, don't you don't talk like that about Bradley Cooper. I know, but I'm just saying that's how good you Even look. Even though there. he's a Philly fan. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> we all do that at the same time how would you describe your social media habits in 2015 rob oh man that that's when i use social media like freely you know yeah. in 2015 i used to do like gronkisms when, <laughs> when like when social media first came out i don't know exactly what the gronkisms were but i think one of them was like you can't lose your keys if you leave your keys in the car but you may lose your car <laughs> Yeah. Wise. It's yeah. wise. It's very wise. Because Aristotle. I, ne- I never brought my keys Some inside the house. And then I was like, I can never lose them because I always lost them when I brought them 
brought the keys inside the house. Yeah. So, and then you gotta have every, a key spot. Yeah. And I, the key spot was inside the car. That's a good key spot. Never can lose Unless the keys. you live in Los Angeles and people just come take your car. Well, I was in Foxborough, so no, no one, no one, no one touching safer there. No one going near. There's Graceland and there's Gronkland. Don't go by the Gronkland. You ever, uh, <laughs> you ever get any amazing DMs from some celebrities at this time? In 2015, and any kind of celebrity. To tell you the truth, I don't even think I was on Instagram yet. I think I got on Instagram in like 2016 or 17 a- after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I still wish to this day I never got on Instagram. I know. Then I would never have to worry about it and be like, I just never got on. So then no one would ever ask me why. Like, okay, can you post it on Instagram? They'll be like, oh, Gronk just don't have an Instagram. Or yeah, like you don't have to think about it then. Imagine that. And then you just post it for me, Julian, on your Instagram. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the game, Jax. Can you set the stage about this ferocious Seattle Seahawks team defending Super Bowl champions that have the legion of boom? You just did it for me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wait, do we have... Darrell Revis, this was our, the no. Super Bowl. No, yeah, yes, we did. Yes. We yeah, did. Darrell Revis was on our team. Correct? And we had Browner. Yeah, and Browner. Brandon Browner. He was part of, of the Legion of Boom, wasn't he? Was. He? He, he was. He was like the original, remember. but the Re- Legion of Boom was still going even oh, without they, Brandon Browner. They were and good. It, it kind of got to that point where, like, then they just attributed it to the whole defense. So, like, it didn't really have that much meaning. You know what I mean? Like, everyone got to be, the whole defense just got be, became. Yeah, but it was truly led by Cam Chancellor. Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas. Earl yes. Thomas was yes. a fucking torpedo back there oh at this time gosh, in his career. Oh my gosh, man. He was a missile. He was he, he used to come downhill full like he could he was fucking a torpedo. He was fast here. He wasn't you know, he got older and he became more of an instinctive player. But when he was young and this time in, he was he was like a 4-3 guy. He was. Earl Thomas put me out of the season. He ended my season when we won the Super Bowl in uh versus Atlanta that was the year I got hurt and didn't play in the Super oh. Bowl it was because of Earl Thomas I was going up to see him I was looking at the ball and then boom he hit me full I was running full speed up to see him and he was running full speed at me he had no fear at all zero zero he wasn't fear. a big guy either no not a big guy but he was compact compact as shit yeah like low man wins yeah and he put me out for a season when he hit me I actually uh ruptured my lungs and then also he popped out my disc in my back and that's why i had to get back surgery that year because of him but uh Jesus. earl yeah. thomas fucking earl thomas he was a, i mean and, and cam chancellor was right there too cam he was chancellor. just like a he was like an old school safety absolute this, freak he was like 230 guy was massive i think he was like 240 he could have been and he was like 64 he was the biggest safety in the game by far dude and he was nice yeah he was nice he, he was move. like a gentleman when he, he beat your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I remember because, like, first drive, it was probably, like, the fifth or sixth run. I had to go in and get the force. And I and I would always set the tempo for the day on those those first, like, force blocks. You go in, you give helmet to helmet. You try to give them a little, little fucking, you know, clean them up a little. Let them know you're here for a kiss all day. Mm-hmm. I went in there to Cam Chancellor and did that, and I got no- I-, I fucking got knocked back, I- and he didn't move. I just felt, you know, when you hit a guy and they feel rooted, yeah, where they don't move. 
I know, know usually, yeah. and I, I have like usually a little power where I can get into a guy. I hit him and I knocked myself out a little. I'm like, oh my God. And he goes, hey, young fella, it's going to be a long day. Something like that. He said something <laughs> like that. So the Legion of Boom was consisted of a tree trunk, which was Cam Chancellor. And then they had the uh, the missile, torpedo. Thomas, or a torpedo. And then they had the, you know, the fancy playmaker, Richard Sherman. Sherman. That's a good, yeah. that's a good summation of those three. And Mitchell was good too. He just we hurt he got hurt after that pick. That was Lane. Or Lane. And Jeremy Lane. Uh, who no, hurt him? Lane. Lane who? was pretty good. <laughs> what happened to him? Yeah, what happened to him? Who who hit him? What happened to Jeremy Lane, Jules? I don't know. What happened to him? He made an interception. I made a tackle. And, and then, then he got hurt? He tore his ACL and broke his arm on the same play. Damn. Oh, that sucks. That's like me tearing my ACL and MCL and then and having concussion. a concussion. Damn, that's football for you, football. man. Football. A little Vicious. more on this Legion of Boom. Only lost one game by more than seven points when all three of those guys started. 81 games played together on one team. That's uh, tied for second with Brian Dawkins, Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor on the Eagles. And then um, this trio also combined 14 Pro Bowls, six All-Pros between 11 and 17. So these guys were... I remember we went up there, and remember in 12, we had to go play them, and they came back and beat us? Yeah, we were up, I think, uh, at halftime yes. by a good amount, and then they came back. They had that's a, when the Richard Sherman yeah, name came yeah. out. And he went up right right into Tom Brady's face. You like that? Or you like what, that? No, what was it? That's you mad, Richard bro. Sherman. You, you mad, bro. bro. You mad, bro. Oh, you mad, bro. You mad, bro. That's when Richard Sherman became Richard Sherman. That's, yes. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. when he... Because he, he did that. Crabtree, beef, all that. He was... Yeah. Richard, he used to get into it. We got into it yeah. a little bit at, at, at uh, in this game. He's oh, great. Yeah. I, mean, I played he, with him my uh, final year in Tampa. He's man. cool. Great guy. Great guy. I love Richard. The, the, he's one of those yeah. guys you hate him when you're not on. He's not on your team, but you love him when he's on your team. Exactly. Like you you're like that that's right. our asshole. We love that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, before we get off the Seahawks, uh, this was Russell Wilson's third year in the NFL. Uh, threw for three thousand four hundred seventy-five yards, twenty TDs. Also ran for almost a thousand yards. This was third year us. He was cooking. Coming off a Super Bowl win, uh, and the eight off, rushing touchdowns, eight too. rushing touchdowns, nothing to scoff at there. But it was beast mode in the backfield, and then uh, kind of a, a little bit of a no name wide receiver core, if you will. No, no disrespect there, but all all free. Baldwin agents. was good. Baldwin, Baldwin was good. Baldwin used to ball. He had a lot of production for a lot of years. And then uh, yeah, like yeah, my Baldwin. bad. I'll put a little put a little love on on Baldwin there. Traded Percy Harvin in the middle of this season. That also, was notable. That could have been a that could have been a factor. Yep. They needed uh, that. But they had those guys that made big plays yeah. in the seams. Mitchell. Mitchell, Matthews. Matthews. Uh, Curse. He only came up. Javon, or, yeah, Curse. Jermaine they had the long boys. Jermaine Curse. Those boys are long. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Luke Wilson, tight end. Uh, Ricardo yeah, they had Lockett. dudes. Ricardo they had Lockett. a good team. They had a good overall well, Marshawn team. Marshawn Lynch. They had fucking Marshawn Lynch, guys. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the defense gets all the love, but no. They, uh, good defense with a team that could run the ball. Defense led by D.C. Dan Campbell, or Dan Quinn, sorry. Jeez, I'm thinking MCDC. That's why we call it the Seattle Six, remember? And then now every team runs it. That cover six that they run, that, oh, that three deep. I hate that coverage. I dude. hate that coverage. I hate that coverage. We run the stupid same play oh. every time. The crosser, the under, and the, you know what I mean? And then every time I go deep, I'm covered because it's three deep every time. Yeah. With the two corners in the safety. Ah, oh, the worst coverage ever. I would just run up and down the field, yeah. dude, and never you gotta, get a pass. It, you got to, like, pick it uh, apart. It takes a lot of... Because they, they were they were so good at staying tight as a defense together. Everyone worked together. Everyone was on a string. 
So as soon as the ball snapped and they saw it was passed, this guy was flying here, he was flying there. And so they would get to their lane, their, their, their zones very good. So one of the main coaching points of this game was it's going to take a lot. The running backs will get the ball a lot because they, they have a lot of coverage and they could get after you with four guys. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to have these long, methodical drives. And once you get the ball, because they are so tight-knitted on a string, you get vertical. You have to get vertical because they have they pursue. That's the Dan Quinn system, the Seattle Six, that zone coverage, which is like a matched zone where it plays man on the outside, but it's still zony. And then once the ball is thrown, everyone converged the ball. Everyone you know, rush the ball right away. So, like, that was, like, the main thing. You get the ball, get up field, go, because they're going to be right there. You remember that? Yes, I do remember that. And then every once in a while, this is when we took advantage of them, and I don't know why they did it, is when they went into cover one. Yeah. They did a lot of covered one off of that, what you were talking about, and then that's when we made our big plays, especially in the Super Bowl. And that's when Gronk scored his touchdown right before half. I, I'm sure mm -hmm. we'll get into it, but, you know, we had the formation indicator. When you see the linebacker, number 50, who was it? Uh, Bruce Irvin. Was it Bobby or, Wagner at the moment? I think Wagner. that was over Wagner, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was over yeah, Bobby was Wagner. Over Wagner. So, so it was Wagner. Once you see Wagner's all the way out with the, the tight end, I mean, that's your indicator. It's mm. man coverage. Because if a corner's out there, then you know it's back to that Seattle six. So, you know, that was that was at that time in the league, you had these formation indications that you would use before the play. And then we can't forget also about their D-line. D-line was fucking led by Bennett, Chris, Bennett, Cliff Averill. Michael Bennett. Now, what about their linebacker core as well, man? Wagner. Yes. Malcolm Smith. Oh, actually, I think my touchdown was over KJ. Wright. Yeah, it was KJ. Wright. Yeah, it was KJ Wright. It wasn't Bobby Wagner. I was wrong there. It was KJ Wright, who was a heck of a linebacker at the moment too. I think he was one of the best linebackers all, in the league. Th this was a fucking. This was a generational great defense. Yes, they were. Dogs. And they were a, a dangerous offense that could run the ball down your fucking throat with Marshawn Lynch, who took everyone to tackle. And then Russell would go back, make three, four people miss, throw it down the field, have those lollipop fucking long balls, and they would. That was their formula. That mm -hmm. was their formula. One play away from back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. One giant play. Yeah, but I don't look at it like that. You can say that about so many games. So it's many true. games. True. Should we get into these these pats? Let's get into the pats. The pats. We were twelve and four. Forget that. The Super Bowl champs. Super the Bowl pats. champs. Matty P leading the defense, Mickey D's OC, Jimmy G's rookie year, James two White's five, rookie year. Those guys. Man, that's crazy. Those are two head coaches. Crazy. Dayball on this staff, another head coach. Oh, that Matt was Flores when on the staff. Trent Dilfer went off, too, about the Patriots dynasty's over, Tom Brady's over. That's when we called uh, Where is Trent Dilfer the Trent Dodo last time we were on <laughs> Games With Names. Yeah, that was the same year. Uh, he's probably coaching some quarterbacks right now. He's down there at UAB. Is he, he is he coaching? Yes. He's, what is he the he's head coach of UAB? I believe so. Trent yes. Dilfer? Yes. No way. Good for him. Yeah. He. Wow. I mean, the guy likes loves football. You think he, he knows it. You think he can recruit as well as Deion Sanders? No. <laughs> yeah. Let me go play for this game manager. I want to go play for Trent Dilfer. God. <laughs> Jackie, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> They're just not good anymore. I'm coming. I'm yeah. I'm coming at net throats, bro. Dildo. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, this was the on to Cincinnati season. This was a declared us dead and arrowhead season. Um, get a little, give a little shine to Jamie Collins. I know we're, we're always an offensive kind of pod here, but Jamie was so 116 elite. tackles this season. Jamie Collins was an absolute freak who 
didn't even have to do anything to be an absolute freak. He would just show <laughs> up and just make these insane plays that you'd be like, your head would be turning. You're like, what the heck? And then like, he didn't need to do anything. He was just a, an athletic freak already, just off the field and on the field. He didn't need to work out. He didn't need to run sprints. He just showed up to the football field and just made absolutely insane plays. Yeah, uh, and his come out game was in 2013. Well, he was drafted in 13. Let me double check. I, think I know he was drafted Southern in the Miss. second round. Second round, maybe from where 12. where to? From a Southern smaller Miss. school. Southern, Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. Yeah, Southern Miss. I think they didn't win a single game his senior season. First season. rounder, right? No, no he second a, rounder. He second? was a second rounder. Mm-hmm. But we we drafted him in 2013, second round pick 52. Yeah, 2013. And I remember I was like my whole sh- holy shit moment with him is when he went and covered Welker in that Denver game where we beat him. We came back and or did we come back and beat him? I don't know. He covered Welker a few times. I'm like this dude's way too long and big and to be able to cover West cuz West is an elite route runner, you know what I mean? Elite so, like, to see that, I was like, oh, my God, th- this guy is a guy. Yep, we came back and beat him 34-31. Yeah, we're down 24 at half. And what, this was his second season? First. Without, first it, it was first his first season. season. We would have never won the Super Bowl without Jamie Collins. No. No. Two what, what a pick that was. Shout out to Bill. Hell That's yeah. a great pick right there. And Hightower the year before. Hightower, yeah. And we got to give, give some love to uh, the rest of that defense. Hightower, Revis. Hi. Browner, Flowers, McCordy, no, Flowers. Flowers. He there. He went there. Big yeah. Vince, yes. Big V, oh, Big Jones. V. Big V was a beast in this yes. game. Chandler beast. Jones. We had Chan Jones. What a great year he had too. He had a bunch of sacks. Ninko, Allen Branch, oh, Allen Branch. Allen Branch. How, how big is Allen Branch? Oh, he's massive, dude. He's like three sixty. So he's he's probably three sixty, right? And Allen is kind of like a quirky guy. Allen would come, and we have a walk in from the player parking lot to the facility is probably like a hundred yard walk. Then you have like another 60 yard walk in the hallways. This motherfucker Allen would be coming around on electric skateboard. This big ass 365 pound guy would come on electric skateboard. He'd have his backpack on his earphones on like he's going to school and he'd be rolling 150 yards on this electric skateboard and he'd be going in the halls and people, I remember Bill's like, like Alan, look what the fuck are we doing here? On his rocket power. Remember flow. that? <laughs> I do remember that. It was a sight to see. It was so funty to watch here. Bro, six six three fifty. They're listening to me. I, I don't know how that generous. skateboard didn't break. <laughs> I know it was crazy. Dude, oh what about Blunt? Well, Garrett Blunt. LG, Shout out to Bolden, man. James Devlin, man. Shane Vereen, James White. We had a roster. Pat, dude. Young James White. Yes. Hey, what we had? What was Stork? Stark. Brian Stark. Oh, Stark. It was like he played like what two seasons Palmer. with the Patriots. Yeah, and his and it, that was I think two this seasons his of year. his career. Stark picked up, picked up Brandon LaFell in the offseason. Seabass. Yeah. Nate. Yeah. Undrafted free agent quarterback. Man, we Dude, had Malcolm a Butler. roster, bro. Huh? Malcolm Butler. Oh, yeah. Malcolm in Malcolm, Butler. he he made He's a couple working of plays at Popeyes. Yeah. <laughs> Is he really? Like, he what? No, he was working <laughs> yes. at Popeyes. West Alabama. West Alabama. Man. Nico. Yeah. Heck of a squad. Nico always made sneaky you. good plays when the team needed it. Yes, also, he did. Kickers, Ryan Allen. Ryan Guskowski. Allen, the punter. Yeah, Gustowski. Polish power, baby. Who man, a tight end. Tim Wright, too. Man, we had a roster, bro. I we remember who man. He was my, so he was my dip guy. He always had dip <laughs> in the locker room. And I, I remember in practice, who man got punched in the lip, and he had a fat, bloody lip. I'm like, oh, shit, who? He goes, I, I go, why are you smiling? 
He goes, I got to cut my lip. I go, what are, you, what are you talking about? He goes, as soon as I put my dip in, I'm going to get an extra buzz. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Who man was a man, dude? Uh, I love sharing the tight end room with him. Chungy. I, it was a, this, was a, this was a special group. It was our first. It's time for the bounty wingman question. Bring out the wings. You can't have football without wings, brother. And you can't have wings without bounty. We got that right, baby. You got that right. All right. This is a segment where we bring out a pair of wings or a bunch of wings. All right. Where's the blue cheese, brother? Where's the blue cheese? Are we out? Are we in? Well, we're not in Buffalo, so ranch is fine outside of Buffalo, but bring it out. Ranch or blue cheese counts here in L.A. But in Buffalo, you know it's blue cheese only, brother. You know that in Buffalo. Blue cheese only. (laughs) You get shot if you ate ranch in Buffalo. Literally. What we got here? Buffalo wings? Bounty wingman question is, what do you think our best moment on the field together was? Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of great moments on the field, Jules. I mean, we've already talked about one of them. The 69-yard touchdown you had in San Diego, and I was in the huddle 10 seconds before saying, we need 69 yards to score a touchdown. And you scored 20 seconds later on that play. That was that was a that was a big moment, but I think another big moment. Man, these, these paper towels are so awesome. Sorry, I love paper towels. I think a great m- moment was the double pass. Oh, the double pass was legit too, because that was this year as well, wasn't it? Yeah, you were it the was, lead blocker, yeah. and you were the, the first blocker. guy I celebrated with. Mm-hmm. I just remember after I threw it, I thought I overthrew him, and it all happened super quick. And the well, next thing I remember is Gronk like. Oh! Yeah. Picks me up like a fucking little third grader. Good thing Amendola is so fast as well. I, you did overthrow him, but I thought I Dola over- just has speed of lightning. Oh my god! I yeah, th- uh, Gronk picks me up like I'm baby from Dirty Dancing, and <laughs> like lifts me up, and I'm like, yeah. I think that was a great moment. That was a fun moment. That was a great moment. That was one of our best moments. Or the hit. oh, or the block you laid out for me on the touchdown versus the Colts. That was a good moment. That was a great moment as when well. You cut back. Mm-hmm. That was good. Those are, those are some good wee man uh, moments. There's no there's no number one moment. We just have a lot of moments together. A lot, a lot of, of great memories. My favorite memory off the field as a wingman was when we were sitting on that golf cart still in Nantucket, <laughs> and the freaking thing broke, and we fell on the ground, and it was all over Barstool. Do you know how many people sent in videos from that day from Fagawi? I've got like 15 different like Fagawi tapes that we'll have to run by you guys because we want to post them. Uh, what after the last games with names? Yeah, and then everyone sent them in after them listening. In. Yeah, I love it. Release the Fagawi tapes. <laughs> I actually that was when I I was dancing to Justin Timberlake, one of his songs. What was his big popular song at that moment? I and got he, the feeling. Yeah, I got the feeling. I think it was, and he he tweeted back at me like, "Nice dance moves, Gronk," and I was like, "Oh, I made it in life." Justin Timberlake just retweeted. I think we me. all I, we yeah. all remember that. We were all in the locker room. Yo, you see JT text girl? Yeah. And we were just freaking going ham. That was fun. That's why I was good at football, because I was working on my footwork when we were in Nantucket. You said that last time we yeah. talked about that. Every you time said, we went out. Because we, we danced, we had better footwork. Yeah. That's why no one could guard us. And that's the bounty wingman question. All right. What do, you, what do you remember about the game plan of the Super Bowl? You know, Jules, I can't really tell you, because I remember bragging to my friends the morning of the Super Bowl game, and I looked at my notes. I had two notes. Two bullet points only. I couldn't even tell you what the two bullet points were. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I told my friends, I'm going to have a great game. I think I know what they were. Yeah. You throw me the ball. Yeah. I catch the ball. Throw me the ball. I'll catch the ball. I'll score. That's three points. Though, yeah, bro. that's three. Well, well one, one of the bullet points had both of those. Two uh, of them in so one. Perfect. So, perfect. It's a two point for yeah, one point. Two points and one bullet point. But yeah. I, I I wasn't really known for writing notes. I was known for having great walkthroughs and studying the plays on the field. So no, you were known for scoring touchdowns. Scoring touchdowns. But we did have a great game plan. It worked. Seattle six. I just remember we had a, that that stupid crosser play that we ran a million times. Yes, yes, we did run the crosser play where one guy's got the cross, one guy's got the under, and you high low the backer. You you have to have speed to make his back go so we could you know get the. The under on the and then it, and or we, was running we back. ran the crosser so much is in that one of the plays I actually ran into Richard Sherman I think he was covering you and we both crossed we basically went shoulder to shoulder on the cross and then Richard Sherman was right behind you and we just it was an accident we just both ran into each other and we yeah. both went flying to the ground he looked at me like shit that hurt <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, lead, let's get the lead up of the game Jackie all right the storylines going into this one these were the top seeds in each conference in FCA FC both number one seeds. Seattle was going for back-to-back. Meanwhile, the Pats hadn't won one in 10 years. So they were going for the first in 10 years. Brady doing 10 years between Super Bowls. Still, like, insane. No, you'll never see that again. Um, paths to the Super Bowl. Double pass game. We beat Baltimore. Then pounded Indy. Meanwhile, Seattle took out the Panthers. And then in the NFC title game, had to come back from a 16-point deficit. Chris Matthews. Recover that onside kick. So oh, they had a, yeah. Remember that when they beat Aaron Rodgers, the, the league MVP? Oh, my God. I forgot that. Crazy. They one. had to get an onside kick. Yep. Chris Matthews, the guy who we'll be uh, talking about in this one, he kind of uh, came on the scene there with that clutch play. What a play playoffs too. for him. He was, he was on fire. And then, uh, as we talked about earlier, this was a little rekindling of the 2012 beef with the Richard Sherman, Brady, you mad, all that stuff. Remember? Um, and it was, uh, it was Bill versus Pete. So, coach versus successor. Pete was the last Patriots coach before Bill. Oh. Only the third time in NFL history that successor has met current coach in the in a Super Bowl. Other two? Weeb Eubanks and Don Shula in Super Bowl three, And then John Gruden and Callahan oh, in yeah. Super Bowl 37, I believe it was. Raiders Bucks. Raiders Bucks. So, a little piece of successor trivia for you there a lot of history yeah thank you jack i appreciate no, it man no problem brother um so yeah this was, and this was also the first postseason meeting between these two teams which is kind of obvious given nfc afc stuff all right <laughs> who was the referee of the game i believe that was bill Vinov- was it this was vinovich i believe who was the halftime show <laughs> come on jack katie perry lenny kravitz oh. those are extra long halftimes as i recall right did you ever see minutes. any of the halftime shows no, I never seen I don't any. even remember our halftime shows. No, I don't remember any of them. You didn't do a, uh, a McPherson? Kick, kick, kick McPherson, yeah. remember the punter <laughs> two years ago or in Miami? went the the little. He was watching Snoop in the oh, Yeah, on Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Could you yeah, imagine? That was nuts. What was he thinking? What was he thinking? He's like, bro, I want to see Snoop that I bad. mean, Snoop was performing, though. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine someone leaving halftime of ours to watch oh, the Super Bowl show? You wouldn't be playing the second half. Bill would put you right on the bench. Right on the bench. Yeah. Instant out. It doesn't matter what type of first half you had. I remember, remember uh, deep in the games with names trivia bank here, Michael Irvin said he did the same thing. 
in their Super Bowl to go catch a glimpse of Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. He said he was taking a dump and he just ran down the hallway. <laughs> he told everyone he was taking a dump. <laughs> wild. Wild, though. So we go in this game and we're, we're, we're driving right away. Was that the first drive? And then Tom, Tom threw a pick in the red area. The Jeremy Lane interception. Jeremy Lane. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Remember, yeah, we were driving. I felt like yeah. we were driving. That yeah, was, we were yeah. driving. It was a little feeling out, we a little chess match early in the first scoreless first quarter. A couple punts in there. And then, yeah, we finally got something going. And then, then we got something going. That and then pit. right before half, this is how I remember the first half. We scored. LaFell scored on the slant. Then they came back. There was another pick, too. Yep, later on. Yeah, Tom threw two interceptions. In the first yeah. half? I think it was in the yeah. third. Yeah. Uh, let me double check. Four tugs, though. Four different receivers, too. And then I remember right before half, we got we we had a great last shot situation where we were trying to take as much time off and, you know, get points. That's when we got that man look with Rob and 50 across from him. And Rob ran the go and smoked him. We, that was like our first play of man coverage that we got, I think. Yeah, it was. It was right. No, right, it was right second because I had that third. All right. There, there was a third downward on third and short and medium. They were they were notorious for that. I, I think man. that's where they went wrong in that game because then on our final drive when you scored the game-winning touchdown, they did man coverage again. But they that's a when. A few times. That's when they were using the man coverage in the red area. Remember? Yes. And that's when we put in X return spin yes we put that in the night before the game because our coaches were like we think we could get more man in the red area we didn't have, we didn't rep that play we put it in on on paper and we did it in the walkthrough but right before half rob scores they had like 25 seconds or something and then all of a sudden you know they had they, they drove the ball got a penalty and then they scored with like two seconds left before the half and that was like they were getting the ball at halftime that was kind of like a little momentum swing right there six seconds left from the 11 yeah pete goes for the end zone and they scored chris matthews well yeah. you guys kind of dominated a lot in the first half i felt like we had their number that but they made great plays like and that's the type of defense they were you had to earn everything against that type of defense they were gonna bend they were gonna let you go but they always banked on teams to make mistakes throw turnovers, let their defense align, get after the quarterback, make him make a bad decision, and get an intercept. Like, that's what they relied on, you know, and that's what happened twice. Even though we were driving the ball, we, you know, we threw two picks, and that's nullified. So even though we felt like we were making hay, you know, in that first half, the points didn't show it because situationally we weren't playing the game the way we needed to. Well, Russell, Russell Wilson didn't complete his first pass till five minutes left in the second quarter. You could see that really? their game plan, though. Yeah. Their game plan, they were trying to run the rock. And they were trying to control the ball as yeah. well. So we weren't on the field controlling it. Yeah. And in the end, we actually, time of possession, we were 33 minutes and they were 26 minutes. Yeah. Which... Rob, can you can you take us back the walk through your touchdown? Just if you remember, kind of like beat by beat. Yeah, I do, actually. Right when the play got called, I went out wide and I saw that it was man coverage. And I saw that he was off of me. And we practiced that a few times already the, the week before, prior. And... Uh, when the guy's playing about 10 to 12 yards off of me and I had all that room still to go into the end zone and run by him, I got to get up on his toes. That's how you get by someone when they're 12 Tackle. yards off of you. Yeah. 
you got to toe tap them. So then they don't know where you're going. They don't know if you're coming back, if you're going inside. I got up on KJ Wright's toes. And right when he was out there, we already repped this a couple times in practice. So I knew I had him. I knew Tom was going to zone in on me no matter what. If you watch the play, Tom stared me down the whole entire time because he knew he was going to me as well. These are one of the times where you just know from practice when the ball is going to come for you. So you're a little extra amped up every time. I knew I had to make the play. I knew it was my time to get my first touchdown ever in history in the Super Bowl. So I got up on K.J. Wright's toes, did a little move at the top so he didn't know where I was going, and then, boom, went right around him to the right and ran a fade route, and uh, Tom put it up there where only I could get it. I beat him by, like, two yards, which is a lot in the NFL, and Tom put it up there, caught the ball, just squeezed it because I knew he was going to be right there and going to come in and try to – pop that ball out because that's what good defenders do and he was a good defender he tried to pop it out but i squeezed it hard enough landed and just gronk spiked that football out of nowhere and the crowd went crazy i think the ball popped (laughs) the ball did almost pop that time well well, i also wanted to ask you too rob with a play like that when you get that look it's clearly one-on-one you against the linebacker mismatch do you you kind of answered a little bit but do you just know from the situation the ball's coming away, or do you like look to Tom? You kind of have a little bit of a thing, or like do you just you can just read the defense? You know what's coming your way. You don't actually have to make it. It's kind of like stuff. starts in practice, like I said, when yeah. you know you're getting that coverage. And right when I went out there and I knew it was one on one with a linebacker as well, uh, it was the best opportunity on the field for Tom to throw to for a completion and for a big play as well. And Tom throws it mismatch. Yeah, whenever there's a mismatch, Tom throws it to the mismatch. Every single time, basically. 99% of the time, he's throwing to the mismatch. And he's not looking at anyone else on the field when he sees that mismatch. Even if, Julian, you were wide open by 20 yards or whatever, it doesn't matter. He wasn't looking at you because you weren't the mismatch at that moment. I was the mismatch there. He considered that a mismatch because there was a linebacker on me. It didn't matter what linebacker. K.J. Wright, great player. But he didn't care. Tom didn't care. Whenever he saw a linebacker on me, he always told me, I don't care what linebacker is on you, Gronk. I'm going to throw you the ball because that's a mismatch. You're faster uh, than linebackers, and you're more athletic than linebackers. So right when I went out there, I knew that ball was coming to me, man. And it's also another thing where, like, you know, I think we were in the fringe. Were we on, like, the 36? Were we in the 30s? What was it? How big of a touch? Was it a 28-yarder? It was 22 yard. 22 yard. So you're right there. You're, you're about to hit that red area. And anytime you see a defender, like a linebacker, five yards off on Rob, it's a, it's automatically a mismatch. Because what people don't realize, Rob was faster than every linebacker, and he could accelerate. So instantaneously, when once that ball is snapped, and you see that linebacker as a quarterback doesn't give any ground, and Gronk's going full speed... That's an that's a layup. You know what I mean? Because he's got to flip his hips. Gronk's going full speed. Gronk's big enough to play through contact, even if the guy tries to grab him. Like, that's why it's such a mismatch. That's why we only saw that look one time. We saw that look once, and then they stopped doing it because it was a 22-yard touchdown. Yes, and like you said, I knew I already had the advantage as well. I think he would have been better off playing me up tight, press. Up, up press coverage because – that's where we're kind of even. I mean, I, I didn't have, I had acceleration, but I didn't have acceleration, you know, like an insane acceleration where I would just absolutely burn by a linebacker. But once I got going and I was in my stride, you couldn't stop me then. That's when I was lethal. And then, then when he was about, I think he was like eight yards off of me, I knew I could get in that stride, get on his toes, make a little move at the top when I got on his toes, and then boom, went right around him for the fade route. And uh, Tom threw a nice ball too, right on the money, man, right on the money. 
even if they press though you that's that's bullshit. He, yeah. you you were quicker than him. Yeah, you're right. I was just being humble, Jules. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right we, so we we get tied up at halftime. 14-14. 14-14. We're in there. I don't I don't really remember anything specific with the coach. I just remember it was kind of like we we know what we have to do. Kind of the same old spiel we had heard at a lot of halftimes. You know, let's just play within the play. We can't win it all on, you know, one play. So if we all do our job well, consistently, we'll be all right. We just got to take care of the football. And that was kind of the game plan, I think, once we left the locker room. It was the game plan. And, and it's basically been the same game plan that it was the whole entire year. And what's special about the Super Bowl as well is Coach Belichick gets you prepared you know, the way he needs to get you prepared, that's for sure. He doesn't amp up the game at all. He tells us, hey, guys, you don't need 10 energy drinks yeah. for this game. You don't need to, you know, do this for this game. It's just another football game. We're going to prepare the same way because we prepare to the highest T we could yeah. every single game, regular season game or a playoff game or the Super Bowl game. So, therefore, you know, you go in with the same game plan that you always do. You prepare the same way. You don't do anything you know, extraordinary that to throw you off your game. So going into it, you know, we felt confident. We felt ready to go. I felt like good coaching, like a real good coach gives you information that helps you. Okay. You know, we're all professionals in the locker room. We don't need a rah-rah guy. That should come probably from like a leader. That usually came from like, you know, one of the players. But when you, you know, at least in our locker rooms, half times are always professional. Like this is what we've seen these are the five plays that we're going to lean on because we saw we got good tell from it, from what we did in the first half. We're getting away from this group of plays because they ain't working. They're not playing the game we thought it was. So these plays, take it out of your head. That's kind of how halftimes were in our locker room. You get four minutes right when you get in just to clear your mind while the coaches, they go and have their discussion. So it's, there's a four-minute grace period where guys are just kind of quiet and letting the emotions settle down. You know, you're kind of letting everything that just happened, you know, it's kind of like when the players are all together, then that breaks up where we go into O and D, O on one side of the locker room, D on the other side of the locker room, and you go over those plays that you think you can, you know, make better, or that you go over certain game plans, certain keys that we, we felt we, we can have going into the second half, and then you come over together as a whole unit where the coach gives you, his keys of what he thinks we need to do as a collective unit to succeed in the second half. That's kind of how it was for us. It wasn't like, you know, this one's for the Gipper type <laughs> shit. You know, it was more of, all right, fellas, we ain't doing this, this, this. We need to do this, this, this. As a team, this, this, this. 30 more minutes, put your best foot forward. We all just need to play our job, do our job well. And let's go. And that, that's kind of how it was. You said it right on, baby. That's how it was every week. That's how it, it didn't was. change. It didn't no. change. Regular season, playoffs, or Super Bowl. That's how it was, man. Super Bowl was just longer. Yeah, it was longer. And he got us prepared because in practice the week before, we would practice for an hour, and then he would take us off the field for, for 30 20 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah. Or 20 minutes, however the halftime half was. And then we would go back out to the practice field, and we were all pissed because practice would be longer then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd make us, we have to do this little dynamic warm up. All right, guys, we practice a dynamic that we'd have to do to get our bodies rolling. Dynamic. 
so fucking uh, Ivan Fears is hey, you yeah. guys over here. We're gonna be coming out for me. Ivan Fears was our running backs coach. Uh, and he'd have to he'd always get up there whenever like the beginning of the year we had to do our stretch lines because you have to teach everyone how you have to do pre-game routine. It, and so in the Super Bowl, it was always a little different too. So that's when he got his encore where, you know, Ivan would come up there, he'd have his He'd have his fucking binder paper with like the stadium drawn on the way he drew it. All right, guys, you gotta come over here. The lineman gonna come here. And he needs to go over here. And he'd be drawing it up on there. No one understood a fucking thing he said the whole time because he's yelling the whole time. Ivan's very animated. All right, then we're gonna get in there. And everyone's looking at him like, do you know where the fuck we're going? I, I have no clue. But I like he's got a diagram of the Love stadium like he's playing in a heist. Yeah. But he, remember he would always go out there his little fucking notebook? Uh, out of nowhere, he'd be sleeping for majority of the halftime. Yeah. Say the halftime's 20 minutes. Super Bowl halftime. He's taking a nap as well. 18 minutes he sleeps for. All of a sudden he wakes up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was yet to get in this little moment. He had, he had a, you know, he, had, he was, a, what is it uh, called? Nar uh, neck narcoleptic? Narcoleptic a little, I think. That's a big word, Jules. Nar big for me. Man. Just, I'm a math guy, okay? I know, I know. Yeah, we won the Super Bowl 28-24. We won by four points. I always see coach. <laughs> I would sometimes look at Coach Fears because sometimes he, you know, I don't know if he was sleeping, but he was, uh, his eyes were resting in meetings sometimes. And I've had these ears. And I would sit and look at his ears. He had the hairiest ears I have ever seen. <laughs> I remember once looking at his ear hair for maybe, because we'd have like a 50-minute team meeting sometimes. I looked at him for a square eight minutes <laughs> just looking at that. I was like, man, Coach, you need to clean... That thing's got to be a mission to get a Q-tip in there. Get the weed whacker out, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, uh, Coach Fears. I love Coach Fears. What a Coach G. Fears was the man. You know Coach Fears was my dad's coach at Syracuse as well. I didn't. When he Whoa. was at Syracuse. I, yeah, that's that's the living legend of Coach Fears and how long he has been around. That's incredible. Glue guy. Glue guy. He's a glue guy. Scar, Fears. Jeez. Ernie Adams. Our coaching Ernie staff Adams. was legit, legit as well. Seriously. We didn't have Scar this yeah. year. We didn't? No, this was Googe. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Googe. Googe. Googe was great. Legend. Games with Names is doing a live show. That's right. We're coming home. Join us in person August 30th at the Wilbur in Boston. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's going to be a hell of a story. And hey, you never know who might show up. Presale tickets are available Wednesday, February 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Wilbur. Dot com. Use the promo code GWN. Get them before they're gone. Let's go. Games with Names is brought to you by my friends at WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas and Encore Boston Harbor to online sports betting. Whether you're a recreational gamer or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager. From straight up bets to parlays, teasers, and any prop bet you can dream up. All players have access to the win rewards, and you can redeem them for win resort credit in Las Vegas and Boston. Sign up today and get in the game online or visit Boston Sportsbook at Encore Boston Harbor. There's no better way to enjoy some sports with little extra winnings in your pocket. Betting is a team sport. Join the win bet team and bet with the best. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through win bet is available. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. 
If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Should we get into this third quarter real quick? Third quarter of the storyline, Seahawks held the Pats scoreless, 10-0. They come out and get a Hauschka field goal. Then it leads to a, uh, then a Brady pick comes next. His second of the game. Oh, second. This was the second. And then that led to a long Seattle drive. And then that was the Doug Baldwin touchdown where he did the poop celebration. Remember that? He acted like he was taking a dump, and the ball was the dump. Yeah, was a, he got a 15-yard flag for that, though. Did he? Yeah, that's pretty bold, pulling out the poop celebration in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I it like would have been remembered if they won. <laughs> Seriously. It'd no, be remembered if they were one. That was a penalty, wasn't it? It was. It didn't really hurt him, though, because it was, it was the penalty was pursued and forced on the kickoff. And, right? they kick, and, it was a, and then they just yeah, freaking kicked back it off it. for a touchback. So he got away, he got away with that one. Yeah. Um, and then going into the fourth, down 24-14. Up until this point, that would have been the lar- that was the largest Super Bowl comeback of all time. The biggest deficit the was was seven up until that, which is crazy. Really? Super Bowl five when the biggest Colts deficit the- in the fourth quarter or to come back over- from to overall. Yeah, any, that any team had come back from at that time. Yes, it's incredible. Longest, really? largest fourth quarter comebacks up until this game in the Super Bowl was seven points, yeah. which is kind of nuts. Hey, I, I just came up with an idea. You know, a kind of a of, of a play. Creative play is when you score a touchdown, like what was it, Doug Baldwin? He had the poop celebration, <laughs> and then the penalty was enforced on the kickoff. So then they're kicking off from the what their own fifteen. Oh, their own fifteen. All right. So then it wasn't a touchback. I don't know if it was a touchback. I don't think it was. Let me double check here. Because I thought, what? How did that play out? How how does that penalty? So Hauschka, it was a fifteen yarder, um, field goal. Let me see. Did when, they do it on the field when, goal? It may have been on the field goal. No, it's not on the field goal. It's, it's on the kickoff. Because when is it when the guy's kicking off on, like, their own 40, and then they, like, just chip shot it, and it goes out for a Sky? Touchdown? The sky kicks? Yeah, but why, why does it happen? What's the type of penalty that has to incur if it's If it's, a, if if it's uh, roughing into the kicker or some some kind of defensive penalty. Because in that opportunity, if I was kicking the ball, I would never kick it for a, a touchback. I would go for an onside kick every single time then. Because then your the onside kick, if you don't recover it, it would still be on their like forty, their own oh. forty or thirty five. Yeah, but then yeah, you know, they're they're a play away from being from three points. Yeah, because this was unsportsmanlike conduct, fifteen yards enforced in between downs. Hausch could kick the extra point, and then he kicked off from the Seattle twenty. All right, so, so it's he made it thirty five. Yeah. yeah. All right. So All right. he made Never it to the, the. I don't the know 14. what I was thinking. I don't know, but I liked. I liked it. Where where? Yeah, you like where I was. If I it was like where sportsman, where I was if it was if yeah. it was yeah. a roughing the kicker. Yeah. And it was fifteen the other way, then it could work like. Or that. it was unsportsmanlike for some reason after the play yeah. on on kicking. On, yeah, or on the offense. I've always right. wondered for onside kick if you because you can like pick the ball up right on on the kickoff and you yeah. can like drop kick it if you could we kick tried it off that. the ground. We had that in the game plan with Ebner. Yeah, we did have that in the game plan. I think we tried it one time. It didn't work What out. about Abner? We had him on our squad as well. Yeah, Ebes. Yeah, Ebes. What a team we had, bro. What a team. That was the best year for sure. That was a good year. Dude, Great they would, year. They will be so proud Great of us year. right now talking situational football. Yeah. All these years later. So uh, proud of us. So going into the fourth, down 10, uh, the comeback gets started on the third and 14 conversion. Jules' 21-yard catch there over the middle. Uh, you remember that one? Yeah, Jules was the most you, clutch player in playoff history. Do you actually remember that play? We needed a play. Jules, you came through third down, fourth down, second down. If we needed a first down, you got us it every single time, no matter what year it was. 
Playoffs or Super Bowl. Thanks, so bro. Appreciate it, bro. That's why you're my wingman. Hey, <laughs> you got to move the chains to score touchdowns. Yeah, Someone's right. got to move the chains. You were the, the guy that moved the chains. I was this guy that scored the touchdowns. Hey, you got to move the chains, score a touchdown. No, yeah, that was, that was. I mean, yeah, I remember that play. Everyone talks about a concussion. Hit, right? You got concussed in that play? Remember when I got hit by Cam Chancellor? That explains everything. Jules, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you walk us through that play? Uh, yeah, I mean, on the punt return before that, I took a hip shot. So I returned the punt. We went into no huddle right away because we, we there was, what, seven minutes left? And, you know, we, we, we kind of boosted the urgency. We needed some kind of spark on offense. And a lot of times when you get in no huddle, it, it, it you know, it gets the offense going. You can move the ball, keeps one defense on the field. You can get some plays called. So we went in a no huddle, and then it was his third and 14. And I'm already fucking, my, my hip is tugging because I took a hip pointer on, on the punt return. So in between plays, it would be tugging, and then your adrenaline kicks in right before play. It was, you know, 10F stock. I think it was triple F, triple in, which, you know, you got the, the in cut, the under. We were flooding the zone, and I had the deep in on the backside. And you have a quarterback clock in your head when you're running routes, especially if you're running a deep route over the middle. You know, usually that ball's hit to you on, on the numbers on an in cut, you know, because you have a, it's middle of the field close, meaning there's a middle field safety. And that anytime you get past that, he gets involved. And that's when big hits come. So I'm running the route and I get to the top of the route. I'm, I'm, I'm still running. And I'm still running, and so Tom, he had to do something, gets into the pocket, steps up, and it's late in my head. So you know you're about to take a fucking hit. So he zips it across the middle. I'm probably halfway in between the field, so you know there's a, there's, there's a shark lurking. That's that middle field safety. So you better dig in, you better prepare for the hit, and that's why I brought it into the body, and I clinched right before I hit it, and Cam hit me, and it like hit me hard. And I didn't know if I was down. I was good. I braced myself for the hit. So a lot of people think I was knocked out that play because of how I tried to get up at the end. You know, but that's when the adrenaline kicked. My hip pulled. I tried to get up and my hip pulled. If anyone who's had a hip pointer, you had hip pointers? Nah. When you get that hip pointer, it singes on you. And it pulls all those muscles in your hip. So, like, when the adrenaline's down, that thing just starts singeing on me. And I'm like, oh, and everyone thinks I can't get up because I'm staggered because of the hit, which it was a fucking hit, and I felt the hit. Don't get me wrong. Cam Chancer's a fucking dog. But it was because of my hip, and there was no concussion. So everyone out there, oh, the concussion roll me, me, me. Nah, dude. Take a little teaspoon of cement. Go up. You pick up your goddamn self. <laughs> yeah, toughness. Oh. <laughs> toughness, Rob. What's funny about that play is when we were doing your documentary, we tried to license that footage for that kick. It's a big play to get it into the NFL. There was no penalty called. There was nothing. There was no fine. They allow anything. It. Legal play in the eyes of the NFL. We tried to license that footage for the documentary. They go, no shot. That doesn't represent the NFL. So it was never in the movie. No flag, though. No fine. Wild. wild. It didn't need a flag. It didn't need a fine. No. Okay, it's football. It. Then let football. me use it. No. Let me use it. Let me give you the money that and I'll put it in the football. movie. It's football. They said it didn't represent the play. NFL. That was a heck of a play by you. You remember Get that? Level by Cam Chancellor like that and to make that catch and to hold on to it. You know how hard that is? 
And then yeah, I, I, I remember him grunting too. <laughs> he grunted when when we when we hit. You know, sometimes you hear something. You ever hear something? The guy goes. Ugh! He's like. Ugh! <laughs> I was like. Ah! I was like. Ugh! I remember him going. Ugh! I was like. Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And then uh, you follow it up with another big third down, 21-yard catch, two 21-yard catches they, on the same drive. They P-dropped uh. us. So what they did was, when you got into that red area on third down sometimes, they, they had a man key where they did a lot of man, or sometimes they had a mixer where they would drop, only rush three, and put everyone in coverage, which that's common when you're getting close to the red area because there's more bodies, and with Tom not being a runner, you want more bodies in coverage. So the P-dropper went on that next third down, and so I have like a juke route where you kind of have reins to do a lot of shit. And so I see the, the P dropper and it's like a cardinal sin to go behind because you have a guy behind you. Football player being a football player, I went right behind him. I slid in the zone and Tom hit me, you know, and, and we got the first down. But, you know, that's one of those things where, you, you know, like Rob said, you, you kind of know when, when Tom's coming to you due to coverage. He knew on that, that man coverage it was coming to him. I knew on the coverage that I was getting the ball in the P that I had to find the soft spot of the zone because everyone else was probably covered because they had a lot of guys in coverage. So I found that soft spot. He hits me, and then, you know, Danny scored the touchdown two plays later. Yep. What and was that, Danny's touchdown again? We had the, the outside under by LaFell, which we scored on the first the first yeah, drive. That was a nice route. And then remember, then, then Danny had the little bender. It was bender. It was bender. In the end zone, and then I had the, I had the speedo. From the three. So yeah, you had the speedo. I had speedo. And then you came back, right? No. It's kind of a... No, I have speedo where I go out of there because Danny's got the bender, and then we have the under from the outside. Danny scored on the bender in yeah. the red zone? It kind of like means you like you kind of go over and you head to the pylon. Yeah. To the, the pine other side of, of the, No, of the ball, I, that, that was me. The, the I, was, I was the three, so I went all the way to the other side. All right. The two goes the near upright. The three has the under. So the read is that three, two. Yep. You know, if you have that cover seven, sometimes you can bend them and break it. If if they had the cover seven on me, meaning they're doubling me, you're taking one of the defenders out of there. Danny's got leverage, and that's when Tom zipped them. All right. And then the mm -hmm. third read is LaFell on the under. If everyone goes back in the end zone, then you hit LaFell on the under, and you're hoping that, you know, he scores. I was just blocking this whole drive, just protecting Tom, doing my, you know, my duties in the blocking game. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're the greatest tight end ever. Uh, yeah, baby. Why? Yeah, baby. Uh, and then on that there was P droppers still, I was just helping out, you know, making sure Tom didn't get touched that whole drive. And then I came through on the final. That's drive, right, though. twenty yard yeah. catch. You and Shano. Oh yeah, what about Shane Varina as well? I mean, what? How many catches? Fourteen. Fourteen catches for how many yards? We gotta give a huge shout out. Big to Shane, shout man. out. He had big shout out to Shane. Eleven catches, sixty four yards. Eleven catches, sixty four yards, and then no touchdowns. No touchdowns. But uh, they were crucial catches. And they crucial were first game. Downs. They were. They yeah. were. Well, people don't realize with those kind of catches, those are great plays because they were very pivotal in just moving the chains. You know, especially with the defense, like we said earlier in the episode, this defense is a ball hawking defense that plays really good zone. You know, they make you earn every play and they wait for you to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. So a lot of quarterbacks, instead of hitting that check down, they tried to force it into somewhere, and that's why they had so many picks because that you know they're in that those zones and they played those zones very well. And you know, the quarterbacks the, would try to force it. Force and when it. You force it. 
that's when the opportunities come to have those interceptions. So they dare the quarterback to be patient, which for so you you think, oh, that's that's so easy. But you know these guys want to they want those big chunk plays. You know guys want to throw the ball, but you know that's what Tom did with and he did that especially with Shane. You know where he'd hit Shane in that backfield, being probably the third fourth option. But Shano would get five, six yards, keep the chains moving, keep us in a positive play, and and then we'd go on and you know it's kind of like the jabs. That's it's those also jabs. What made Brady so great is that he wouldn't force the ball. He knew what type of defense they were running, and they wanted him to force it, and he won it, and he would dish it to Shane Vereen the whole entire game and just keep the chains going, keep the positive plays going, because that's what's crucial. If you don't have positive plays, that's when you start getting stuffed, and that's when you start punting the ball, you get, and it's advantage defense the whole entire game. And then. you get down, you get you get backed up on down and distance. Yes. So then it, it takes out chunks of your playbook, because in, mm -hmm. you know, second and six is, you have a huge category of plays that you can, you can dip into than, you know, second and 10, where you got to try to get it in a third and manageable, because it's a lot easier to get in manageable. But the difference for, you know, Brady, who, who knows how to hit these checkdowns, there's a difference between quarterbacks that just hit checkdowns and guys that hit the checkdown, and there's the one play where the checkdown is not there, and there's that little opening to the end cut where he sees it and he has to hit that. You have to make them pay when they make them pay, when, when, they, when they're not in the area. And that's what Brady could do. That's, that's the thing. You see a lot of these quarterbacks hitting these checkdowns, and I don't want to say any names, but especially nowadays, checkdowns, checkdown, and they forget the element where that's your jab. You're setting something else up, okay? Once, that jab, once he, he slides that jab, you have that two to go hit him. You need to hit the fucking two. You need to pull the trigger, and that's what Tommy could do. And that's the only way to break a defense that bends but doesn't break is by being consistent with hitting those checkdowns. And yeah. then when you finally have that opportunity, that's the only time you can break a defense like that. You gotta and make that's what pay. Tom did. And that's, and that's what, what did. we did as a team. And to take the lead off to this awesome drive of jab, 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 Jules with an impeccable whip route on the goal line. Tom Return. gets you this time. That was, a, was that a rip? They call it a return. A, a return. Lot of people I saw it a whip route. Jules was really good at those because oh I got them ready in the showers. <laughs> I always took my towel and I always whipped them. So then when it came down to the moment, Julian's like, oh, it's a whip route. I'm really good at getting whipped. <laughs> so you guys had that a similar play call or you had a similar route or a similar play call on the prior drive before the Dola touchdown. Yeah, it was you the same play. So you saw it. You knew it was there. You knew you're going to go back to it if the same situation arose. Potent yeah, we saw that it, we got the man look, and we missed it. And we, we didn't know if we were going to have the opportunity to get it again, but you know we saw it again, and, and they called the play, and we were able to get it. And we scored, and we're sitting there like, you know, awesome. Now they got to go down and score. And we thought we had the game in the bag until fucking some of these crazy catches came. Some crazy catches, Marshawn for over so Jamie Collins. Oh. I, I gotta. I want to ask a quick question too, because this is the first Super Bowl you both scored. Your, you scored your first touchdown in a Super Bowl. You grew up playing football. That's like a live a dream moment. You like lived your whole life thinking about that in the backyard. Do you have that feeling at that moment, or are you so in the game, so much adrenaline? There's time on the clock that you wait till afterwards to feel that feeling. Now you you feel. I mean, I felt electricity, but you also have you have this switch in your head where like game's not over 
you know, and, and ultimately we were we already went to a Super Bowl and lost. So that that like the shine is a little bit. Yes. Yeah. It was more of like now we have to focus up. And we got to fucking finish this thing because ain't nobody going to remember any of our touchdowns I, if we don't win. I do remember that. Right after you scored, yeah, I was super excited, super juiced. But still, in the back of my mind, I knew the game wasn't over. I knew there was, like, what, about a minute 30 left in the clock or... Minute about, 42 left minute for 42 us. Left. I knew that we had to stop them still. So I was excited. I was pumped up. But still, I was on the sidelines ready to go in again just in case if they scored right away. And we had... Just a little opportunity left, a little time left, like 30 seconds on the clock, because that's what you got to do. We've been there in that situation before. We lost to the Giants already um, in, in 2012 in Indianapolis on the final drive of the game as well. So you saw it happen in 07 as well. The game's not over until the game's over, especially versus a great team like Seattle. So in back of our minds, after Julian score, we knew we had to do what we had to do on offense, but we also knew the game wasn't over yet. It wasn't. You got the, you got the, we talked about it, the Marshawn Lynch catch where Jamie Collins has to chase him down yeah, the sidelines. Yeah, that was a good route. Man, great route, great throw. Then you got a couple great defensive plays by Butler, Browner on that drive, and then you get the cursed catch, and you're just like, oh, And that was a great God. play. What people don't realize, that was a great play by Malcolm on that yes. scene on curse when curse made that weird back catch. And then Malcolm Butler hit it out of his hands? No, he hit well, it. What happened? It, you yeah. got pit, you got it. Oh, is this a Javon's curse catch? Yeah. Oh, Malcolm Butler did make a right heck of a play. Let's see it. Oh, oh that's the fight. <laughs> uh, where is it? Oh, it's the bottom. Oh, line. yeah. Yeah. Please, oh, yeah. That, Malcolm that, Malcolm Butler couldn't do anything more. I remember it now. That was a spectacular catch. I'm refreshed catch. now. Spectacular catch. No I mean, doubt about it. But, like, that was a spectacular coverage. It was. You can't do anything about it. I mean, Malcolm Butler covered that him. ball. And he then, did what he needed to do. And it was crazy to see Malcolm come in and, and have the mental toughness because, I mean, I think we I think we went away from Arrington. Arrington was starting that game, and Butler, you know, Arrington gave up some plays, and, and, and Malcolm, they put Malcolm in there after he made a play on a seam because we were getting eat by those seams. Remember that? Yes. And then Malcolm came in. He was making plays left and right. He was like a little... Like a little, little spark. little spark, little yes. puppy dog out there. And... and you know, after I saw this, I'm sitting here like, man, that's gonna suck for this is this sucks, man. That was a great ass play by Malcolm. And, and I'm not gonna lie, at this point I'm sitting there, I'm trying to do math in my head. I'm sitting here like, how much time we're we gonna get the ball? What plays do we have in our menu? Are they gonna score right away? Are they gonna, yeah. are we gonna go back out on the field? What type of plays are we gonna run? What do I gotta be ready for? Two minute yeah, fast pace offense. How many timeouts do we have? I was preparing. That's what we were doing. We were, we were just mentally programmed like that to be just ready for the final drive as well if they scored. Thankfully, Thankfully. Hightower makes a great tackle on That Marshawn. tackle. Oh, That's a game-saving tackle. People game don't realize saving. that. Hightower is an absolute monster. You the, was it a first Hightower. down or Jeez. second down? That was on first. And then second down, the, the interception heard around the world, if you will. Malcolm makes another heck of a play, the greatest play in maybe Super Bowl history of his career. That was... I mean, that was so crazy. But I, I remember vividly once they got in that formation, that week of practice, we practiced, our defense was practicing that play four or five times, and Josh Boyce scored every single time on it. And I'm sitting there because in, in, in Super Bowl practice, where you're chilling before your next period, where you sit down, you hone in, you want to see what the defense is doing, how they're, how they're practicing, because, you know, you, you want to see – what we're going into. And I remember, do you remember watching this play with Josh Boyce? I do. Mm -hmm. Fucking lighten us up four or five times. And I remember them like, yeah, got to get physical. 
Browner did just that, thankfully. And Malcolm Butler came through. I remember Malcolm in practice was sitting back more. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't being aggressive. And then what happened? That play was calling the game, and Malcolm Butler was super aggressive and made the play that he needed to make. It wasn't happening without the uh, the preparation in practice the week before. So Ernie. Ernie shout out baby. to our coaches. Shout out to Ernie. Ernie Adams. <laughs> you got Gronk, you got any good we talk Ernie Adams stories on here all the time. You got any good Ernie Ernie, Ernie interactions? I mean, I remember about one time in my career, he came up to me and I never knew who the guy was. I've been wondering who he was for about four years. My first four years, never talked to him ever. Just looked, always looked at him like this guy's just a genius. Just, just thought about that to my head. Like this guy is just a G as well. And he just came up to me after a play and he, and he just gave me a coaching point. I don't re recall exactly what it was. And then I just felt special ever <laughs> since that moment. An Ernie yeah. nugget. Yes, Love Ernie. An Ernie nugget. It was my only one in my career. It was like it was like ten years ago, literally. <laughs> Four years in. That's when I knew I finally made it. Getting an Ernie. When nugget, I got an Ernie nugget. Ernie. Oh my gosh. Oh man. And then after the pick. Well, hold on. We can't. We oh, can't. Oh, move, we can't move on from this Ernie play nugget. yet. This okay. in interception, Malcolm Butler. So I know a lot of like the public discourse about this is that this was the stupidest thing in the world. Dumb play call. Should just give it to Marshawn Lynch. Um, do you guys agree with that? Or is there cuz I Well there's I, the whole timeout situation yeah. where where Bill didn't take the timeout cuz he saw the, the personnel clock was group. running. Personnel group was in there. I mean, it's, it's tough, man. We had like it's all we had, I think we had we had like 14 personnel where it's all big boys in like two corners. Who was in? I think there was 3. 3. We have and safety. Goal line. So you want to throw the person out personnel. So I mean, that's what right? technically, that, you, technically do. you want to. Yes. So so I'm a huge Pats fan, so I'm not going to like stand on the soapbox for the Seahawks. I just hate that the discourse is like, it's so dumb, you should have given it to Marshall Lynch. Because when you really like dive into this play, it's a lot more like nuance, and there's a lot more like chess happening between Pete Carroll and the Seahawks and what with the Patriots and the Belichick. And not just like in this moment, but as you mentioned, chess moves happening in preparation where you knew this play was a thing here. And I think that like... It does this play a disservice, and it does the Seahawks a disservice to just say, oh, you should just run it with Marshawn because Marshawn Lynch only had five carries inside the one-yard line this year, only one scored a touchdown. So he wasn't like an automatic goal line back. He's not Mike Allstott. Also, situationally, um, the clock was running. Belichick decided not to call a timeout, even though I'm back at my house yelling, call a timeout, like that kind of, you know, you don't know the shit, right? And so it puts him in the situation where the clock is running. There's one timeout. There's three more downs left. If you run at that play and you miss, you have to call a timeout, and now your next two plays are kind of – you kind of have to pass it or you really kind of put yourself into a box. And, and I think that just – this play deserves more nuance, and Pete Carroll's not an idiot. And, like, I don't know. That's my that's my soapbox of it all, that yeah, this play I mean, is more than just run it. And it wasn't without so a doubt. Dumb. I mean, that's just people that don't know football saying that. I like it. That's the best dissection I've ever heard of that play. And, and I – Man, I just fucking love football because you can just dissect this one play and like there's just so much layers on it. I just hate that this is just like the discourse is just like, oh, just run it, Marshall Lynch. I digress. I'll get off my soapbox. This is kind of like I love football. You hit it right on the money, brother. It's kind of like a cronut. You got a bunch of layers of just little beautifulness <laughs> glazed up into one. You take that hole out, you dip it into a little coffee, take a bite of it, and that's just play. 
Desperate. And <laughs> I have so many notes on this, but like also Pete Carroll had Browner on his roster the year before. He should know that he has the ability to blow up this play, right? So if you want, like maybe the play call was wrong, right? But like the idea to pass, it just, he didn't check that last Belichick move to like make this the play the win. They hit this play like yeah. five times though in the year. That's what people don't realize. Yeah. You know, there's an old saying, you are what you are. You do what you do. You hear those types of things about teams, and that's what this team was. It was a do-what-they-do type of team, confident in their process, confident in what they do. They're not changing for you. They're confident in their execution, and you change for them. Wise, and Malcolm Butler wise. may have changed that whole goddamn thing. Hell yeah, we love you, Malcolm. And then hey, it ain't man, over Malcolm. yet. It ain't over yet. The it most penalized team in the NFL commits a penalty to end the game, and then all hell breaks loose, baby. Gronk, can you take us inside that skull? That's when the haymakers started getting thrown, <laughs> baby. Couple haymakers there. A couple haymakers <laughs> over there. We got any scuffle? Michael Bennett came after me, threw a haymaker at Michael <laughs> he Bennett. He tackled you, didn't he? Yeah, he tackled me. I got to give a shout-out to Who Man, too, because he was kind of away from the play as well. He came in. Uh, to get a piece of the action as well. And he wasn't even, even involved that much <laughs> at that moment. So shout out to Who Man for protecting my back as well. And, Who uh, Man is a guy that you want in a dark right alley. Yes, definitely. He's a dark alley. But guy. I remember the play before. I was like, man, they kind of came after us. kind of gave us a cheap shot on the first knee. I think there was a knee before that. I was like, the next one, I was like, there's going to be a brawl. So I was kind of prepared. I was kind of ready. And then all hell just broke loose from there. Look at his sneaky little Gronk. And I'm glad right it happened. Look at his I'm little three points. I was going to say, what a Go, fun way. It just put that much more to the game. Look at Look at them. They were going total Look at that. That's the most smile I've seen. There we go. Oh, good thing they got the penalty right there. Seriously. Right here. Look at Oh, yeah. Couple shoves, a couple plays. Here comes the haymaker. Oh, ready? Oh, <laughs> the slap in your face. Get out of here, boy. Yeah, then I got tackled. This was a cherry on top. Cherry on top. There's who, man? <laughs> I love you, who. I love you, who. Look at Wendy. Get in, get in there, Wendy. <laughs> I love you, Wendy, too. Get in there, Wendy. Look at Shane. I kind of wish we battled longer, actually, thinking about it. This was, the hi- this was the highlight of the game. Malcolm Butler interception? No, the, hey, five, the no, haymaker, the baby. The haymakers. Fucking WWE. <laughs> Watch this again, but look for Matt Slater. Watch for Slater's. All right, out. let's check out Slater. Guys, guys, stop, stop. Guys, Joker. Guys, hey. Hey, 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 hey no. Hey. That's on the end. He's like, where's the flag? What are we where's doing? the flag? Come on. What the frick? Gronk, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You over here trying to be peacemaker, jumping up and down <laughs> on you. That's man. how I used to talk, old bat. Yeah. I love it, man. Oh, that man. was a fun. That was a fun game. Fun game. Hell fun yeah. year. Fun memories, man. That, Hell yeah. I mean, that was the cherry wow. on the top. It really was. It was Getting, a game that got us in the Super Bowl club as well. The aftermath. Just overall, everything that whole entire year. Man, we win the first, we win our first Super Bowl in ten years. Y'all's first ever. Our what about first the parade as well. Yeah, let's hear some parades. Oh us. my gosh, bro! It was the best party of my life. I never been to a parade like that in my life. We got snowed in. Yeah, we did get snowed they had in. To, they had to they had change parade date because we had a nor'easter. 
and we got yeah we got hammered yeah we got hammered <laughs> there was 50 beers getting thrown at me at one time yeah like you had to get hammered you had little fireball shots shout out just to the city of boston as well they it know was... what's up man they know how to celebrate they love the patriots as well they love their sports so without them as well the parade would never be the parade without our fans too straight ferris bueller's day off literally that was such a that was the fun that was so fun what was with the minions hat Gronk? i'm not sure i was leaving my house there was a couple minions minions hats on the counter and i just grabbed them love the minions yeah i was like man this perfect you know goes good with it minions i'm about to have a minion party a million a million drinks (laughs) oh my god Sleep. Oh, dude, I almost didn't make the parade because I was passed out in the airport because I went to Jimmy Kimmel. I went out in L.A. I tried making it back. I almost didn't make it back, and there I was, passed out in the airport. <laughs> Jules, you too. You're glad to be back. You just touched, ba- uh, touched down in Boston. Yeah, we're, we went to... No, we went to uh, Disneyland. Oh, yeah, that's right. Man, crazy. What did Marshawn... What did McAfee say? Oh, man, the next slide. <laughs> McAfee says Marshawn Lynch is all like, "What am I here for?" What's the next slide? That's all right. Oh, oh man, gee. Ah, uh, we're not even gonna talk about it. Right there, bottom right. Can't hear you. Oh, I was twerking off the off of the duck boat as well. I took the. Uh, I almost fell out of the duck boat. Goon oh was holding God. me. I was I was leaning out of the duck boat. He was holding me by my legs. And I was dancing, and the crowd was just going absolutely absurd. Look at those twerks right there. I was out there in a T-shirt, and it's fucking freezing. Yeah, I didn't it, feel the weather. I didn't either, but it finally, a cop gave me his jacket. The cops were awesome. <laughs> cops were awesome. The I got, cops were awesome that day. Well, you guys left from Foxborough. We were up in the city still, and we were at the hotel. We were at, a ho- we were at the W, and... I wake up and we have like 10 minutes till the parade and I'm like, Oh shit. So I hit up my boy. Who's a cop like, yo city's blocked off. Need help at W. He's like, I'll be there in five. It's me and Jot. There's like five of us. I'm like, we pile up into a cop car. We're rolling through the street siren on. I'm not saying any name, but we were there drinking I, I mean, I, I asked if I could shoot the gun. He wouldn't let me, but it, I thought it I thought it was I thought we were close. I wanted to get taste. <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy. It was it was a fun time. Those those were some fun Man, years. This is bringing back some freaking great memories, bro. Some great memories. Now, where does this interception, Malcolm's interception, rank among greatest Super Bowl plays of all, all I mean, time? It's got to be up there. It's got to be pro- at I least mean, top three. It could That's be top, minimum, top one. It's probably number one. Number one in my book. It's got to be number one. I mean, it was to win the game. It was number one. Number one. Number one. Hands down. Without a doubt. Did this win spark the dynasty? I mean, clearly. Second one. Second one. Yeah. 100%. We, we were actually better the next year. We just got hurt. Yeah, we were better the next year, but we just lost to Denver in Denver, which it was a tough one, but yeah, it did spark the second dynasty, 100%. Because we had Dion Lewis next year, and he came out like a bat out of hell. We were blowing teams out till like week eight, week nine, then we lost Nate, we lost Dion, I broke my foot, and then we just, we ran out of guys. I missed like one or two games as well. What a banged up. Yeah, but you were the only thing we had in the playoffs. Like, we still almost won because of you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's all right. We already had a Super Bowl under our belt. I know, but it, we, we didn't get cool. to go back to back. I know. You're right. We never got to go back to back. I know. We were so close. We went to three Super Bowls in a row. I know. And we won one. It was our, my last three years. Won that one, Atlanta. Lost to Philly. And then won versus the Rams. We were close. Tough. We were close. Sucks. Where does this game fit amongst your Super Bowl wins? This is number one. By far, number one. Just a game overall from beginning to start. Just a whole year overall. I mean, it's, it's bringing back so many great memories. We did. It was right in our prime, bro. It was. Right in our prime of just everything, man. We were having so much fun just on the field, off the field. Just overall, definitely by far, it's number one. It ranks as number one for me. It's high. It's high up there. I mean, it's just crazy because all of our Super Bowls had such crazy implications. Like this one, the next one, we're down 28 to 3. And you win that Super Bowl. That's fucking crazy. You know, we got, I got Super Bowl MVP on the next one. You go to Tampa, win with another team. Like they all, it's, it's crazy to pick one, but this is definitely the, the first one is the first time you got to experience this feeling. The first time you got to touch the trophy. This is something that we were literally were dreaming about since we were fucking kids. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's, Kind of like the first girl you kiss. You never forget. You never forget. You never forget. It was the sweetest one, too. It was the sweetest one. Sweetest game. It was a great game. Gosh. Any leftover questions, Jackie? Did we miss anything? A um, couple ones I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Tom passed Joe Montana for most touchdown passes in Super Bowls with 12. His pass to Dola in the back of the end zone. And I would also be remiss if I didn't mention... This game was played on Rob Ninkovich's 31st birthday. Happy birthday, Rob. Ninko's birthday? birthday? Happy this birthday, This was Nink's birthday. Nick. What a great birthday present. You win a Super Bowl on your birthday. What a that, That's got to be an awesome birthday present for him, <laughs> too, because he had a crazy road. People don't realize you know, he was snapper. drafted in the fifth by the Saints. They try to move him to long snapper. They cut him. Miami picks him up. He's on practice squad. They cut him. We pick him up. And that starts his career, and he was a, he, he was a hell of a patriot. He had a big sack in this Loved game, too. Him. Big sack. Big, big sack. So, so mostly fans are aware of, like, the the parade, and that's the big celebration. But there's also, like, a whole event party the night of the Super Bowl. Who who played the the night party, like the day of party? It was Flo Rider. Flo, Flo Rider. My favorite performer. We all were on the <laughs> stage. On stage, just going ham, drinking, going crazy. Didn't uh, it was Flowrider? It was also uh, I think Pitbull was on one of the stages as well. And um, Rick Ross. Yeah, Rick Ross. We were partying with Rick. Mm -hmm. Then I saw him like six years later at Live, and he's like, "Yo, yo, Edelman, I part. We partied over at the Super Bowl." I was like, "Well, I went up to him, and I was like, he's like, yeah, I remember that. We were rapping together." <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "Hey, dude, can I, can I have a smoke of your cigar?" We were in living, we smoked the cigar. There you go. <laughs> Games with Names is doing a live show. That's right, we're coming home. Join us in person August 30th at the Wilbur in Boston. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's going to be a hell of a story. And hey, you never know who might show up. Pre-sale tickets are available Wednesday, February 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Wilbur. Dot com. Use the promo code GWN. Get them before they're gone. Let's go.
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's name the game. Let's name the game the Malcolm Go, the Malcolm Butler game, the Marshawn Lynch game. I don't think any of those. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't like any of those. The Malcolm Go. It's not the Malcolm Butler game. I mean, he made the greatest play in history, but it wasn't like the Malcolm Butler game. Uh, this the, is a tough though. This is tough. Not the the haymaker was awesome, but I don't know if it's the haymaker game. Yeah, no, it's not the haymaker game. Like, the Legion of Doom game. Yeah, <laughs> Legion of Doom. That's pretty good. Dynasty two Ooh, there we go. I think that that yeah. sounds like a winner in my book. The started to the start yeah. of the second dynasty. Dynasty 2.0. I like it. Let's go with that. I like it. Stakes of the game. What do you what do you give it, Grunk? Steak, that's a 10. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Bowl. 
Got it. You know, you're yeah. playing against defending Super Bowl champion. What do you? What else is there? I mean, how can you have higher stakes? Is there anything bigger? I mean, you had a oh. couple losses. You were in a dynasty. You're not back to back. I mean, you know, you're just throwing out tens all over the place here. Because this is a Super Bowl. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Fine. Give it a nine point five. Nine five. Nine five. <laughs> a ten would have been if we if we won the year before and not Seattle. Exactly. Star power. That's at least a nine. I'd say a nine. There's a lot of star, a lot of there's a lot of Hall of Famers in that game, and there's probably a lot of stars at this game. Mark Wahlberg, John Travolta, Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell, Kenny Chesney, Sir Paul McCartney, just to name a few. That's that was just good. to name a few. Just too. to name a few. John Travolta. Travolta was there, bro. That's kind of wild. I don't know why he was it there. Is wild. <laughs> Old Johnny. Gameplay. Great game. What's gameplay mean? Like how the game unfolded. Oh. Like back and back forth, and forth. was it good? Oh, it was one of the greatest games in Super Bowl history. At this point, it was. Yeah, at this point, I, okay, I'd give this one an eight. An eight. Eight. I yeah. think that could be higher. <laughs> eight and a half. Let's give it eight and a half. If it, if it was like thirty six, thirty five, and like it came down to like a two point conversion, then it would be a ten. Right. Fair. See, that's Fair. quality scoring. But it had everything you wanted. Interception of the game. Uh, we were up. They were up. We came back in the fourth quarter. There was there was a fight at the end of the game as well to end it. I it mean, really did. It's Great. at least an eight and a half minimum. Rob, I commend your integrity in this segment. <laughs> Most of our guests, they just throwing out tens willingly. I appreciate your honesty yeah, and your integrity. We do love tens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, I, I love eleven. Elevens are nice too. Name <laughs> of the game. Let's score the name <laughs> of the game. <laughs> The name of the game. The name? It's Dynasty 2.0. Score it. Oh. One out of ten. We'll give that a seven and a half. All right. We'll take there. it. We'll take it. What is our total? And where does it Actually, rank? let's go back. Let's give the name a 6.9. Yeah. yeah. Because Julian had that 69-yarder versus San Diego <laughs> this year. Welcome. Uh, Rob, I told him to do it in the huddle. Do you know how many yards you had the Seahawks game? 68. I was so close. So I owe you one. But one touchdown. Yeah. Oh, but one touchdown. Oh, one touchdown. <laughs> yeah, you're right, baby. You're right. There we go. Rob, can you do that for me? My calculator is being slow. Yeah. Well, What's the average of nine right. and a half, nine, 18, eight and a half, and oh, six, so nine? Oh, so we take the average. Oh, that's going to be tough with a, with a six, nine in there. But what's the gameplay again? Uh, 8.5. So what's 9.5 plus nine? That equals 18 and a half plus 7.5. Eight point five. Eight and a half. That equals twenty-seven plus six point nine as thirty-three point nine divided by four. Oh, that's gonna be a tough one. It's about like eight point like four, eight point five, right? Eight point four seven five. Let's go, baby. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, bro. Everyone wants to say he knows his numbers. I can't read. I can't speak, but I know my numbers. <laughs> I can't read either. Where's this rank? This puts us uh, at an 8.475, right between the Squish the Fish 1985 AFC Championship game between the Patriots and the Dolphins. And then right above it is the ugh, the 2011 can't AFC Divisional game. Round, the Can't Wait game. Uh, we all remember that one, Bart Scott, Jets first Patriots. How was so, that one ranked so high? And who did you do yeah, that game Rich with? Eisen. Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen? Yeah. Why'd you guys do that game? 
He wanted he to. He requested it. it. He, is he a Jets fan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I was a Rich Eisen fan. I don't know about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, the reason why it's so high is because not everyone has your integrity. All right. Yeah. That's right. He integrity. Have, he, he has no integrity. Man of integrity. <laughs> yeah. A man of a golden heart. What a man. Oh. As you all know by now, we've set up a new hotline for uh, for all you guys to call in. Give us a call at 424-291-2290. This week, we're checking our messages and answering your questions for Gronk and I. Let's get into it. Yeah, what's up, Jules and Gronk? I just want to know, as somebody who admires giant, beautiful athletes, and I'm a non-athletic man myself, what? who is the most athletic man in the locker room on the path? Just overall athleticism, not necessarily like, but just the most athletic freak jamie collins yeah jamie collins we already talked about that jamie collins mm -hmm. by far he can do a backflip he's like six what three two no he's six 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 five oh yeah he's six five two fifty can do a backflip six four with ease i told the story before where the dbs were all betting and you know you have the 12 foot ceiling they're all like talking shit and they were all like betting sodas and stuff in the locker room for who who could uh touched the ceiling, and they got in his way, and he saw what they were doing. With his headphones on and his flip-flops, he goes, he jumps up, touches, slaps the ceiling, and takes all the sodas that they were gambling. So, dude's athletic. athletic. <laughs> he might be the most athletic big man I've ever seen. That's naturally What's up, Jules? What's up, Gronk? Yo, what this up? This is Jeff from Lanesboro, Massachusetts. I just had a couple of quick questions. First, what were some key areas of game planning that Coach Belichick would cover in order to give you guys a, an edge over the other team? Second, what was it about the Miami Dolphins that gave your team such a hard time every year where they often beat you? Love the show. Well, we're a game plan team. So every game plan was different for each team that we played. So it's it's hard to go down the Rolodex. I mean, we would find the mismatches on offense if it was a running back going versus a linebacker, if it was a wideout going versus safety. We would find the mismatches every week, and coaches would discover them, and then we would go out, execute them in practice, and then when game time came, that's when Tom always saw that mismatch happen and fold, and he would throw it to the mismatch guy. For the second question, I mean, half the time you play Miami, the game don't mean anything. It's hot there. It's sweaty. It's always hard to play in Miami. You just you go from 30 with a, a wind chill of 10, and you're going down. You put us in 85 and 82% humidity. It's fucking hot out there. We haven't seen that in six months. It's hard to play in it. What do you think, Gronk? Plus, we, plus we love the city of Miami, so we want to be, be treated, you know, be treated like kings when we went down there. So if we beat Miami <laughs> Dolphins every single time, they wouldn't like us. So Ex we were just making sure that we were, you know, truly treated well every time we, you know, wanted to go out on a bow or go get some sun out there on South Beach. Yeah. You know, yeah. Eat some nice that, healthy steak. Yeah, steak. <laughs> smoothie. Yeah, they got a lot of a lot of that down there. Catch the sun. We didn't want them to, you know, block our rays when we wanted to tan. So we were just good guys like that. And we knew it didn't matter that game. So we always just let them win. <laughs> Only in Miami, though. Only in Miami. Only in Miami. It's just one game. Yeah. One game. I just had a quick question for uh, for Gronk. Uh, 
So when did you think that the uh, the Gronk spike was like your thing? Like after you did it so many times, like when did it? When did you think, man, I should just really just keep doing this? Like this is my thing. Uh, yeah, all right. I love you guys. Yeah, I love you too, man. And, and that's a great question. I need Jules to help me out with this one. But I always wanted to spike the ball in high school and college, but it was always a 15-yard penalty, so I never did it. And then my rookie year, I, I got to the NFL, and I never even Gronk spiked my rookie year. I don't think I did even one my yeah, rookie year. Yeah, you did in the preseason? No, I don't think I Gronk spiked at all. Maybe one time, but I really can't recall it. But the Gronk spike picked up my second year when I started just scoring touchdowns like a machine week in and week out. And I started Gronk spiking it, and I don't know exactly what spike caught on, but I remember I finally did it. I was like, oh, I finally got to spike the ball. And then it just became like a meme, and I couldn't tell you exactly what spike it was, but then everyone was like, you got to keep spiking the ball. And it was just going all over the Internet. Fans were loving it. And I can't tell you exactly. I can't pinpoint exactly when it truly caught on. Do you, do you remember? I, I don't those? remember which spike it was, but. I just remember, like, the first one that you did spike. He scored a touchdown. It was an insane touchdown, and he threw it, and he threw it down so hard the ball went, like, 45 yards in the air. And that's why it became the Gronk spike because people were like, oh, my God, he just break the fucking football? September 26, 2010 is what ESPN credits as the debut of the Gronk spike. That was your second ever NFL touchdown. And who was that verse? Um... Let me look. I mean, just so many touchdowns, Jules. I it's can't, hard. I can't remember this stuff. So many games, so many Super Bowls. This guy's forgotten more touchdowns than I've scored. That yes. was a 36 or 38 30 win over the Bills. Oh, oh Bills. Against the hometown team. All right. That's when it started. It that's why it Fox started. Bro. Yeah. That's why it was versus my hometown team, the Buffalo Bills. That makes sense. Buffalo. We're going with that right there. It. And if I ESPN has that documented, that's when it started. I love it. I thought Fox had it documented. You're right. Correction, Fox Sports. Fox Sports. Thank you Thanks. for the correction. Gronk, did we miss anything? Uh, kind of a mess. Do you need I a just came off a plane. Five-hour flight. You know what you need? I ate some wings. You know what you need for that mess? What do I need? You need a bounty paper towel. All right, let me get a bounty clean, paper towel. I got to clean, clean it up, clean man. Clean you right up. I don't remember half of the plays in the Super Bowl game. It's kind of like making me rethink my life right now i don't remember that play like what's going on with me jules is it because i played in so many super bowls and so many football plays this guy forgets did i get hit more so many times no no like you, you you've like had you said so whip many... route and speedos and stuff this i'm like what, what what's a whip route and a speedo i'm forgetting all this jules what is this? Like, what year was this game in what's going on with me this is 10 years I'm a ago mess. give me a bounty paper towel that will clean he's me fine, right up folks he's fine I'm fine rob do you want to oh plug my anything? gosh if you remember, <laughs> if I remember, is there I don't, I don't that need to plug remember? anything. And that wasn't even a plug. I was just saying I'm a mess. I don't think you're a mess. <laughs> Thanks, Jules. <laughs> what are we now? For? I feel better. What are we for? Really? Do Thank I need you, to plug anything? We're gonna have another great year on Fox next year. Got it. All right. Do I gotta plug anything? If you're thirsty and you, you know you need a drink, go to iceshaker.com. Iceshaker.com. Yeah, ice there we go. <laughs> iceshaker. We all want an iceshaker. You know, pour your pH water right in the ice shaker and keep it cold the whole day. And throw maybe a little of that mm. Gronk protein in yeah. there. Cookies mm -hmm. and cream. Oh, cookies and cream. Oh, man. What else we got? Oh, that's all, man. See, he just comes on for the love of the game. Yeah, I come on for the love of the game. Yeah, comes I'm not, on I'm the, not promoting here. 
I'm not promoting. He's here. just hanging. I'm just hanging here. Rob, you want to go? This is a show I just want to hang out. Hey. I am doing the kick again for hey, the Super Bowl. You kick are of you? Destiny. Yeah, so check that out. That'll be live commercial right before right before um, the kickoff. I'll be kicking a field goal right before the kickoff. This guy's just kicking. I just made a 40-yarder yesterday, actually. By the way, for you folks, he's actually going out and practicing this. So for anyone putting that wager on, remember that. Mm-hmm. He's practicing. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, big fella. You want to go hit the hot tub? Watch some yeah, football? Yeah, let's hit the hot tub. But remember to follow games with names on YouTube, Instagram, X, which is weird saying, which is formerly Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Snapchat. We will see you next week because Jules and I are about to hit the hot tub and get in our bathing suits and maybe we'll skinny dip in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> And that's been another episode of Games with Names presented by WinBet. Remember, like old Roberto Yosef Fiesta said, follow Games with Names at YouTube, Instagram, X, which is Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. We'll see you guys next week. Games with Names is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets you where you are and helps you get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.